Boys, Cricket World Cup. How good. All the pressure is on the hosts, India. They're off to a reasonable start here. We're going to watch uh, the first pool game for both Australia and India as they match up there in Chennai. Um, excuse any reactions. The oohs, the ahs, the oh yes, as uh, the Aussies hopefully build a bit of a big score here. Um, Warner and Smudge currently at the crease. We're going to look at uh, those those Indians. Uh, all the pressure is on the hosts um, trying to win their first bit of uh, silverware since the 2011 World Cup. We're also going to look at the best batting team, the best bowling team, with the caveat that it probably could be India for both of those. But mm. we'll we'll have a look at where um, the Share other the, the other strengths are. Yes, that's right. And we'll look at a dark horse that could win the whole thing. Um, played pretty well last night. <laughs> Footy Grand Finals, uh, we'll talk the NRL with Penrith beating Brisbane and an almighty comeback, maybe one of the best comebacks in Grand Final history. And we'll talk all things Chin, all things Nathan Cleary. Where does that performance rate? And uh, where can we start talking about Nathan Cleary uh, moving forward? The bloke's only 25, but uh, the word immortal starting to get thrown out already. AFL, Collingwood uh, defeat Brisbane in a close, close game. Uh, Scott Pendlebury. Is he the greatest magpie of all time? Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, and where do the Lions go to from here? Are they still within that premiership window? Uh, I think we'll argue probably yes. The NFL, we'll look back at the first month, the best and worst teams, surprising teams, disappointing teams, the fantasy studs, uh, all things NFL, uh, one of our favourite sports, and a cracking final round. Uh, a look back at USC 293 a few weeks ago and look forward to 294 plus a little bit of F1 uh, EPL sprinkled in there. Mm-hmm. We're back after about a month off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only two two out of the three Joyce, amigos yeah. here today. So Sean joins me on my left. Uh, we are in the bloke's house who is normally on this seat. So see how I go with the buttons and the fact-checking tonight. Uh, <laughs> Do your own research because it, it could be a few uh, oh, uh, misinformation yeah. oh, thrown yeah. out uh, t- tonight. Um, but we uh, we generally like to kick off the show by shouting a beer to reward uh, excellent performance in the sporting arena. Sean, how are you? Long time no see. Mm-hmm. And who will you be shouting a beer tonight? Oh, it was good to see you. Well, I think we should probably start off with the reason we took a month off. It was because Jimmy became a father. Mm-hmm. He had a baby. Um, so, of course, congrats to Muzzle. him and the mother. Muzzle tov. Um, had a little daughter uh, mm-hmm. who will be... A f- course a month old uh, early next week mm. so we'll start there but for my shout of beer um going with oscar piastri uh he's had a pretty good say a couple of weekends uh last weekend in the race he finished on the podium he finished third which is his first podium uh for him and the first rookie i think in six years in f1 to get oh, podium. really yeah yeah so it's very impressive yep. uh, and then he followed it up last night by winning the sprint race so getting um first place uh, which, you know, again, it's kind of showing him uh, coming to the forefront. McLarens are improving. Mm. He's, he's outpacing his teammate a little bit, Lando Norris. Um, so that's been really good for him. And, of course, as, uh, us Australians uh, loving to see Oscar really picking up uh, the pace and hopefully uh, that can lead to bigger and better things for him and McLaren going forward. Um, but, you know, those Red Bulls, their rocket ships, we'll <laughs> talk about that later on. And then I just wanted to finish up on the local front. Um, Bathurst 1000 was today... Uh, shock SVG Shane Van Gisberg gets the win out of that uh, the Red Bull Racing and again dominant uh, for for them uh, in Bathurst to get another win uh, and it'll probably be his last for a while it was his third Bathurst win but um, and while we're away it's announced he's going to NASCAR so he's mm-hmm. going to NASCAR next year so good luck to him 
I'm going to make one turn. Yes. <laughs> and well, he'll probably struggle in the, the oval races, and then when they do straight circuits, he'll, he'll dominate the shit out of them. All the best to him as he goes over there. Uh, me, motorsport casual uh, by by uh, um, all accounts, but Oscar Piastri, he's 22, and for a young, uh, you know, Aussie, yep. rapidly ascending. Yes. And it gets the, the casuals, you know, the, the guys that look and say, oh, you know, this reminds me of a young Ricardo. Maybe yep. I'll keep an eye on the F one. Yep. So I think he's he's doing big things for the less diehard in uh, in the Australian public and oh, and, and seeing a, a good uh, young talent on the on the come up. It's uh, it's good to see. Yep, hundred percent agree. What about you, Pappy? Mate, young talent. I'm going to uh, completely uh, change uh, arenas, but a young Aussie who who absolutely uh, lit up the uh, Karen Rolton Oval today in Jake Fraser McGurk, the fastest hundred by a long shot in Australian domestic uh, fifty over cricket, hundred off. 29 balls, if you don't mm. mind, for the man they call Rooster. I think that's based off his surname. Um, in the Marsh Cup versus Tasmania. Brought up his ton before the 10th over had finished. Yep. It's pretty impressive. Did they go on to win the game? No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They were chasing a mammoth 420-odd. Yep. And uh, and Fraser McGurk did all he could to uh, build an elite platform for them to, to go on and, and try to win the game. But they finished with a measly 380-odd, I think, 378. Yes. So still about 40-odd runs short. But an excellent knock there. We've seen a bit of him in the Big Bash, uh, I think, uh, with the Renegades in, in recent years. Uh, so he's only a young bloke and obviously... Uh, uh, can find the middle. So uh, keep an eye on Jake Fraser McGurk, and he's definitely uh, probably owed a, bit, uh, a beer from all his teammates, I reckon, after, yeah. you know, they they were none for 160 after 10 yeah. overs and they weren't able to finish uh, out with a win, but uh, definitely deserving of a, of a cold one, courtesy of the Esky tonight. Yes. And I think I saw it. Um, you might be able to confirm what the statistic was, but I thought it said it was the fastest first-class century in cricket history. Yeah, so it's not first class. It's I think it's the fastest top level list A uh, fifty over format. Okay. Yeah, so essentially Australia only or worldwide? I, th- I think that could be worldwide. Okay. It's hard to hard to go off. But Again, we're just trying to put, put context. Very impressive. It's very very it's very very quick. Um, I know the AB de Villiers one is the world record in international cricket. cricket. That was yes. thirty two, I think. Yep. So uh, it's a few balls faster even than that. Um, do your own research. I'm yeah, not gonna, yeah. It's going to be hard to find. It's going to be hard to find, though, but I think that was that. Check it out. Get asses in the comments if we were wrong. 29 balls. Incredible. Yeah. Mop of the week. We're Speaking of not incredible. Yeah. This is the... Uh, this, I've had this happen to me on Madden, I reckon, before, but run us through the story here, Shauna. Well, we're talk- it was college football today um, over there in America, and we had Miami taking on Georgia Tech. Um, so two big universities. Uh, Miami were ahead in the game. I think it was 2017, the scoreline. Uh, they had the ball. It was third down, 40, under 40 seconds to go. Kneel down, win the game, get out of there, hit the showers, etc. Mm. Uh, they decide to hand it off to the running back. Why? Um, who I think it was like he went off left B-gap. Um, gets hit by all the linebackers. Um, and one of them pops it out. Fumble. Fumble! Georgia Tech recovers. Uh, they turn around and have a 30-yard touchdown pass. Um, to then take the lead and win the game with about two seconds left. So an all-time bottling by the Miami uh, coaching staff. It, it boggles the imagination, doesn't it? The yeah. victory formation, uh, why? Very, very deserving. Did, the did they Maybe they weren't aware of the of the game situation. Well, and hey, that's why you're 
the coach here, the, they call that call and plays. Like it's um, it's pretty close to top flight football. <laughs> so, yeah, they shouldn't be making those kind of mistakes. Horrendous balls up there from the Hurricanes. Considering they have rosters of about 100 players at a time in college, like one of them should have had an idea of what was going yeah, on the sidelines. Yeah, that's right. It was like, hey, why don't we just kneel down and win this game? I actually haven't seen the footage. Uh, I'm going to definitely be looking at this uh, footage because uh, it, it boggles the mind why you yeah, the co- wouldn't, wouldn't get in the victory formation and kneel down. Yeah, the commentators were getting stuck into them and then, of course, they bottled it and they took it from there. Enjoy the mop, Hurricanes. All right, I've got to get a little bit of a lean on going. Uh, let's see if we can do this without stuffing it up. <laughs> From Jimmy. Um, so, like you said, it was faster than uh, A.B. De Villiers. So, he's fact-checking us on the couch. How good is this? <laughs> fact-checking, not, not from here. That's, that's why he gets paid the big uh, bucks. So, it just does say here, it was the fastest limited overs ton scored in a professional match while the opener's 18-ball 50 was the quickest by an Australian in 50-over cricket. There you go. So, f- And that's fastest in, in a professional mm-hmm. white ball game. Yeah. Full stop. Fraser McCurk. But speaking of cricket, it's World Cup time. The 13th World Cup, uh, it returns to the subcontinent. Yep. India, notoriously pretty <laughs> order, ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> you got sorry, something, something sorry, in your yeah, throat there, dude. some water. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could age well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> notoriously underwhelming, yeah. I suppose, in the Kohli era in white ball cricket. And it is absolutely theirs to lose. Uh, they're $2.70 favourites, so... Bookies have got them at just under three to one uh, to win this whole thing. Um, the final's going to be at Narendra Modi Stadium. Now, we we saw it looking pretty ordinary the other night pretty for the, the England-New Zealand game. But uh, could you imagine if India's there in six weeks' time uh, with 130,000 yeah, It looked like there. a Roosters game at Allianz. Like it's a Roosters game? <laughs> no, no, I reckon it looked, like, it looked like the Bulldogs versus the West Tigers at... At a, a core stadium, uh, on a on a four pm Sunday slot slot, yeah. look pretty ordinary. Pretty ordinary, especially for Where's the first the game. Where's the Yeah, a few cardboard cutouts. Bring yeah. back the COVID times with the cardboard yes. cutouts. Yes. Jeez, yes. that looked ordinary. Anyways, uh, you know who else isn't there mm-hmm. uh, outside of the crowd in Ahmedabad? Mm-hmm. The Windies, no yes. West Indies. Yes. So the the inaugural winners of the World Cup. They won the first two. Uh, failed to qualify. We did talk about it on the pod a few months ago, yep. but uh, they, they had to get through the might of uh, Sri Lanka and the mm-hmm. Netherlands and mm-hmm. such, and uh, they weren't able to do it. So no no windies. Yeah. We've spoken at length. But it's fun. It's fun, though, Netherlands in the World Cup. Very fun. Very fun. Actually looked not too bad against yep. Pakistan yep. Uh, the other night. Uh, didn't get the bickies, but uh, definitely uh, were competitive. Uh, it's their fifth World Cup, and the first time uh, since that, that actually the last one in India, so 2011, uh, so the first time in 12 years that the Dutch have been at the World Cup. Let's talk about India. Uh, they're, they're the tournament favourites. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to do a best batting and a best bowling yep. lineups. Uh, and let's preface this before we piss off our Indian <laughs> listeners. We're going to pick the Australians. <laughs> we have picked the Australians for one. Uh you, we, you could probably go on paper, India being the best team through one, through 11, yeah. best batting, best bowling, probably best coach, I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. we, we've, we're going to talk about India. Have the home field advantage. Home they, field advantage. They always dominate. In, in then we're going to talk so. about the team that we've highlighted as having yes. the strongest sticks. Yep. Then we're going to talk about the team that we've highlighted as having uh, the, the strongest uh, bowling yep. attack. And then we're talking about a, a tournament dark horse. Yes. 
Uh, India, okay, it's theirs to lose. Yep. It's theirs to lose. All the expectation, all the pressure uh, falls on them. They have played the most uh, 50 over cricket since the last World Cup, 66 games to be exact. I think that's mm. 10 games more than Sri Lanka, who's played the next amount. Now, a lot of talk about, you know, sort of the slow sort of demise, if for lack of a better word, of 50 over cricket yep. with the rise of T20 and we've seen how big the Ashes have been and when Australia plays India in Test cricket, everyone's talking about it. But question out, outside of a World yeah. Cup, does do people still care about 50 yeah. over cricket? It's important well, for cricket to have a, a fun tournament. Uh, yeah, I do agree with you. But I, if we use that England-New Zealand game as a, as a um, uh, test bed, mm. if that was a T20 game, do you think they get a bigger crowd? Possibly. I, I don't know as well uh, on affordability and how much tickets are going yeah. for, but that for the opening game of and a two world, of the big four world like, cup, two great teams. Yeah. We'll probably talk about both of them upcoming. Yeah. Um, it was it was lackluster, wasn't it? It didn't feel like a world cup opener. No, not at all. And the organisers, why not have India play first? Yep. Why not open the tournament with with? Imagine it's India and Australia yeah. at, at a meta match. Maybe they didn't know. They just thought this was the start of the tournament for them. <laughs> maybe <laughs> no one knew the game, and maybe the crowds will improve as the tournament gets going. It's a shame because the Black Caps fucking turned one yeah, on. Yep. Incredible yep. performance. Um, yeah, it it looked lackluster, and it's not uh, too exciting, I suppose, for the ICC or the BCCI if that's what the crowd looks like in the first game yeah, because they, it, know, that is big, big, big dollars being missed and. Um, and a lot of the games that don't feature India, you think are going to have That's the same sort of uh, turnout. So it speaks volumes to where cricket is is at in terms of 50-over games. It speaks volumes about India. Yeah, well, uh, we've, ta- we've talked in the past about um, one-day cricket. And we're, I guess we're using this World Cup as the that test. Um, litmus test. I litmus think. test, litmus yeah, yeah. Test. Uh, the litmus test of, like, where is one-day cricket? Does it have a future? Is this the last World Cup? Of one day internationals. Well, they've already announced it in twenty seven, so I think it's gonna <laughs> going to go ahead. Well, if this is not profitable, like it, it ends up being, it's TV. I think it's the TV money. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't matter if there's fucking two men and a and a, and a dog in, in the crowd. There. But it, but if you're the one hosting it and putting it on, and you're going to run it as a loss. It's a, like big, it's, it's a big, it's a big, big stadium to build for it to always be fucking empty. Yes, yeah. That's that's the way I've seen it. Yep. Anyways. That's India, the the host. India, yep. the 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 nation that that will host yep. this this uh, hopefully excellent tournament. Let's talk about India, the team. It's it's the last chance last chance for a lot of these blokes. Mm-hmm. So Sharma's thirty six. You'd imagine this is his last w- World Cup. Yep. Ravi Ashwin's thirty seven. Definitely last World Cup. You think maybe he can slide in another one? Forty. Uh, well, <laughs> to, to bowl his little little uh, right arm tweak, as he probably could. could but yeah, but you imagine with the young the, talent, the, the talent that comes through. Yeah, uh, tell him to sit down. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it's Ashwin's last one, and then on the on the precipice is is Jadeja and Coley. Yep, thirty four. Coley's thirty five next yes. month. Uh, so so it really could be the the last in this window. Now that's not to say that there isn't a plethora of Indian talent waiting, waiting. to come oh, through. So and, much. And we, you know, we, we've seen how, how good you know poor Shubman Gill, who's who's sick, um, how good he is. Yeah. Uh, Rudrash Gaikwad, um, all, all the middle order talent in the world. Uh, so it's essentially the last chance for for these big names, this playing group, I think, yep. to to come come through and uh, and and win uh, a tournament, a uh, big white ball tournament. Well, yeah, that's a thing, a tournament. So 
haven't had uh, any any recent luck, unfortunately. That's that's right. But they also haven't had had the home field advantage, and it, it's massive. Which is huge. It's massive. They've gone with three spinners. They're the yeah. first team uh, in the five games so far to to go with three specialist spinners, and the decks. To be fair, then they've held up reasonably well. We've seen a lot of runs so far, so so. Credit to to uh, the curators and and the people well, getting the decks ready. That's because they only get a day's of play on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, and it's it's also early on. If India start losing a few games, we fucking might see a few dust bowls yeah. uh, come into into play. Um, but the I suppose the moral of the story is on paper one through eleven probably best best team there is. The yeah. pressure is going to be the thing. Yeah, heavy favourites, um, and yeah, whether they can deal with that pressure and actually um, win this tournament or not. Coley, as a side note, 47. Looks fucking hot too, by the way. Does look very warm. 47 ODI tons. He needs three to overtake Sashin, yep. two to equal for most mm-hmm. ever. Uh, I'm sure there's no doubt that he does it in his career. Does he do it in this World Cup? That will be the question. All right. Aussie fans, don't get too cranky at us. Look away. Maybe Indian fans too. The team that we've selected to have the strongest batting lineup in this World Cup, mm-hmm. pains me to say it. England, yeah, they bat deep. Uh, no, no, probably top three in the world kind of sticks at the moment in white ball mm. cricket. Yep, but just not, just strong throughout. Bearso averages a tick under forty five. David Milan nearly sixty. Joe Root tick under fifty. Harry Brook, Mo and Ali in this middle order. Now we've seen what Brook can do um, in, oh, in Test cricket. We've seen what he can do. In uh, in the IPL and in T Twenty cricket, doesn't have the numbers to back it up so far in in not, not in, yet. in ODI cricket. He's, he's played a handful. Though. He's played a handful of games. Super talented. Mo and Ali uh, in the middle order. You know, strikes at about a hundred. Uh, probably a little bit. He's averaging about twenty five. A little bit less than what I was uh, expecting. But then when you've got Joss Butler and Liam Liv- Livingston coming yep. in at six and seven, yep. they just bat forever, don't oh, they? Yeah. A little bit lacklustre, I must say, in the first game against New Zealand. We'll give him a pass there. Uh, New Zealand. Did, did that happen in the last, or am I thinking about T20? They started kind of slow in that tournament and then kind of got, got going got towards... Quite, yeah, they took them a while to find their strides. Yeah. And uh, and I think on paper, uh, that's as, bit, as as good a batting line-up uh, as, as there is at the, at the World Cup. Yeah, agree, agree. Best bowling... We've gone a little bit with our hearts, maybe not our heads. Again, caveat, you could probably argue India and India win all these categories. Yep. But we've got some numbers to back them up. There's two teams that have three bowlers in the top ten in the ODI rankings. Australia is one of them. Yep. That's who we've gone with. Afghanistan is the other. Is the other. So, so punching above their weight, we haven't gone with Afghanistan. Josh Hazelwood is the number two ODI ranked Bowler in the world at the moment, uh, and he's coming off probably his best IPL ever. Mm-hmm. Averages 26, uh, goes for 4.7 and over. Adam Zampa, um, tick under 30, has been the, the mainstay in Australian white ball cricket for close to 10 years. Starkey, incredible one-day record, uh, averages oh. under under 23. And Pat Cummins, the only of those uh, of our frontline bowlers that isn't in the top 10 uh, in the rankings at the moment, but we've seen how good he is uh, in the other formats of the game. The problem I have with our bowling is the depth. So with the Ashton yeah. Agar injury, we didn't pick a spinner to replace him. Labuskakne uh, comes in. Yep. Um, to, to replace Ashton Agar. If Zamps is sore and misses a game or two, 
It's hard. Maxie's yeah. going to have to bowl ten overs. Yep. Uh, Sean Abbott maybe comes into the into the starting eleven. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to work some, it. Needs some extras out of Cam Green, etc. Cam Green. There was talk about Nathan Lyon putting his hand up to, yep. to come in when when Ashton Agar uh, ruled ruled out through injury. But I think in terms of a frontline four and the fact that it's it's always these got you know yeah. you, you're picking your, your best pick four pick. and there's no arguments really around selections or anything. It's it's it has always been in recent memory in white ball cricket, these four. Um, really formidable. All of them have got a fair bit of experience under Indian conditions. Yep. That's probably what, what separates, I think, in Australia from, say, a South Africa, yep. who have got a really good um, good bowling lineup. Uh, the, the Kiwis, even, uh, although Bolton South have played plenty. Um, so I do, we're, I do we're, like the, we've gone Australia here for, yeah, for, for best bowlers. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I do like uh, the Pakistani attack. Mm. Um, yeah, purely just pace, all the pace. <laughs> well, if we're if we're picking the fastest bowling lineup, yeah, probably it'd be them. Probably the Pakistanis for sure. Yes, uh, hard one, I think. As as per the, the best batting uh, lineups, um, and and maybe sort of leads into into this discussion. Mm-hmm. The team that we went for the dark horse, I feel like it's always New, New Zealand's a dark horse. New Zealand's a dark horse. Well, I but feel like New Zealand's kind of got to the point, and I, I keep saying that the, the the top four, like the big four, I feel like they're, they're there. They've been there. They've competed really well in, in both tests and T20. Like, they're, they're there. It's Australia, New Zealand, India, and England for me is mm-hmm. the top four with, you know, probably um, um, Pakistan, Pakistan, the Smoky. And the team I guess we're going to use as the dark horses as um, – South Africa uh, as being as just not there, but not not there with the others. They're, they're probably what we'd consider T two and ahead of everyone else that kind of chasing from behind them. But yeah, I, I feel like it's New Zealand can't be a dark horse because they because can they're definitely in, win. This that's tournament. right. They're in the legitimate top four <laughs> yes. now in in, in all white ball tournaments. Yeah. You, you got to stop having them as a dark horse. You got to yes. have them as a legitimate favourite. And what they agree. did to England night one, yep. uh, you know, is testament to that. Yep. I'm agree. That's why we've gone with the Saffirs, mm-hmm. uh, the the perennial uh, semi finalists. Yep. You know, forever bridesmaids and never the bride. Uh, when it comes to um, uh, ODI World Cups, mm-hmm. they absolutely dismantled Sri Lanka last night. And yep. there, if you had said that they've got the best batting lineup in the in the World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have argued the case. I think if you wanted to go more specifically and said that they've got the the most powerful middle order yeah, in the World yeah. Cup, I don't think I don't think there is an argument there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We saw what Markram did last night. It was that that was the fastest uh, fifty uh, fastest hundred, I should say, in in uh, World Cup history. Um, he had a bit of a slow start to his ODI career. The first three mm-hmm. years of his of his career, he he wasn't scoring tons. And he's just hitting peak form at the right time. Uh, he has uh, three ODI tons uh, in his career. They've all happened in the last six months. Uh, absolutely at the top of his game. And and speaking of, uh, Henrik Klaassen, averaging close to 60 and striking over 150 this year. Uh, he might be the most informed white ball batman, bat in the world yeah. at the moment. Then you have the experience of David Miller. Yeah. Uh, played so much in India in the in the IPL. Averages 43 strikes over 100 Uh to go with the likes of uh, De Kock and Van der Dusen mm-hmm. at the top of the order, uh, they're absolutely stacked. Right. Yeah. And we saw that last night good with 430-odd on the board. I guess uh, what they're probably lacking compared to all those other guys is that uh, top-level spinner, world-class spinner. Yeah, Maharaj. Like, he's not he's not a slouch. Mm-hmm. Aver- you know, averages about 33 with a ball, goes under five runs and over. 
I just don't have him. You know, he's not. I don't think he's like a Rashid Khan or a mm. Jadeja or even mm. a Zampo. I don't think he's quite there. Yep. Uh, and in Indian conditions, that's concerning. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you that because eh? a lot of the teams seem to have taken um, uh, a fast, uh, fast bowling kind of lineup, like the heavy, heavy fast bowlers. Whereas we've seen the Indians with a bit extra spin in there. Well, they picked three tonight. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe they did it in yeah. a in an ODI yeah. game. But so, well, do you think this tournament will become spin to win? Do you think it'll it'll go that way, or maybe it'll depend on what pitches they throw up? I think well, definitely it's horses for courses. I think the yeah. decks that have been thrown up so far, you don't need to have a plethora of spinners. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that makes India so powerful is Jadeja and Ashwin could be in this team as middle order Not sticks. As, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're, yes. they're so talented with the bat. The fact that they're in the top five spin bowls in the world yep. uh, is is you know it's just a, a bonus essentially. You, you, the India bat bat to wait. Uh, yep. They've got they've got these elite spinners, but I don't think that you have to play that brand to win this World Cup. Okay, because that was going to be a question because I, I don't think any other team in the co- in the tournament can is so spin heavy. Yeah, can can do that and have that kind of spin stocks. Um, available to call in to be able to, you know, do that. I'd yeah, I think that's their formula. And I think if you're trying to emulate their formula to win the World Cup, you're, you're probably doing yourself a disservice. I, I think, yeah. you know, Australia's gone with our best 11 and, and our best 11 is is our three quicks with with Zampa in there. I don't think we needed to, you know, push it with the with the, with the the Agar injury and there was talk of, oh, does Tanvi Sanger have yeah, to play yeah. because it's because it's in India and they're going to get these turning decks. Yep. There's been nothing wrong with these decks so far. So far. On, on a, so far. Fingers crossed. <laughs> that's right. Uh, from, from a batting perspective. Yeah. But it's an interesting point, yeah, that they line up so differently to, to the rest of the, the tournament. Yeah, well, you'd think um, if they had an advantage, like over every other team, that would be it. Um, and whether they can, and since they're at home, whether they can uh, take more advantage of it over the the um, other teams. Just finishing on South Africa as well. Yep, their fasts are elite. Yes, Janssen, Ngidi, Rabada, like it was it was flip of a coin for me for for us and and them to to highlight yeah. our, our best bowling um, uh, teams in the World Cup. Yep. Yeah. So I think what we're saying, the top four all have chances of winning this tournament. Um, Pakistan and uh, South Africa probably dark horses, but could still, you know, will challenge those other four teams. Everyone else, I I would be su- I wouldn't be surprised if Sri Lanka could force yeah. their way into the semi finals. Well, actually, speaking of a team that might have a bit of extra spin stocks available, they might. Uh, be yeah, I, I think but um, maybe not to the level. Of well, talent I think we kind of. And I think uh, Hasaranga being out really yeah. really hurts yeah. yep. hurts them. They made the Asian Cup final last yep. last month. Um, they had to go the long way for long way for qualification. I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck in or they were yep. there or thereabouts. You wouldn't think any of the uh, the Netherlands, Afghanistan, or Bangladesh are going to bother too many teams. But again, like outside of the Netherlands, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the remaining teams made the semi-finals. Yeah, put it that way. Yeah, definitely agree. To go on and win the whole thing. I do agree. I think it's India's to lose with uh, those with teams a, that just have that class with a, with a good chance of Australia, England, and New Zealand uh, up there and challenging for it. But hey, the the footy finals for us finished uh, last last Sunday. Yep. Uh, you wait three days and then you go into a cricket World Cup. The yeah. timing is uh, it's a bit hard to find impeccable. a rugby World Cup. So yeah, we'll watch, watch cricket. We will mention the rugby World Cup in a second. It'd be nice if it was available <laughs> and uh, you could watch it. Yeah. Uh, final kind of question I want to ask. Um, based off that England game, they hit two eighty. 
Do you think one day is kind of like they used to be a good score? It's 300s kind of par you need to hit over 300? Yeah, again, it depends on the deck. Um, but it's, it's obviously, it's very different to. You know, even ten years ago, yeah. you, you you go out there and you make three hundred. You probably expect to win. Uh, there's there's a lot of decks that you rock up and you think the, the par here is three fifty, the par is three seventy. It's it's obviously the influence of T Twenty cricket. Um, you know, we spoke at the top of the show of um, of Tasmania going out and yeah. making 430 today and really looking like they should lose the game for the yeah. majority of the run chase. It's it's a different world that we live in now in, in terms of ODI and, and what's a par score. Yep. Granted, the deck plays a lot into that uh, mm-hmm. and, and the two teams going at it, but I'd be surprised if, uh, if teams are winning um, a bunch of games, you know, posting... 250 to 280. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to kind of hit that 300 number and want to get over it. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because the Australians going a little bit slow at the moment. Yeah, wickets in hand helps. I think wickets in hands helps. I tend to agree means you can go hard later, mm. um, but also probably don't want two of your top three guys hitting less than a run the ball at the moment. We're going four and a half. We're going. It's it's not panic stations just yet. Given this again, given this Indian bowling line, <laughs> yeah. we're taking what we can get. That's right. That's right. We'll keep an eye on uh, on how this it might end up being first inning, innings uh, unfolds. Yeah, and based on what you said about the Australian line, it might end. This might end up being more of a defensive game where it's you put a solid total and then have to defend really hard. Yeah. The other the last, the last point that I wanted to make. Yep. It's a long World Cup. Oh yeah. You, you know, nine group games. Yep. Uh, all you have to do is is be there in a in a semi final. You've got a chance. Yes, you've got a chance, and it also means all of these big matchups are, mm. are so important. But it also puts the pressure on in those in the, when you're playing the the so called minnows. Yeah, you can't drop the ball. No, you can't fuck you, up. You can't fuck up. You can't you can't afford to lose to Bangladesh. You can't afford to, for Afghanistan to go out there and, and upset yeah. you if you're if you're like a tier one nation. Yeah, because they'll happily take your semi final spot. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Or, or one of the other teams will lick their lips, you know, uh, at those fuck-ups. So. Oh, yeah. Open the door and they'll kick it in. Yep. Um, so how often are they playing? So, you take so, there's, so there's a game every day uh, for, for us viewers yep. and it's roughly every five days right. for for um, the boys playing. Yep. Uh, essentially a game every day and a lot of the weekends have got the two the two time slots. Okay, so, so we saw uh, Saturday our time, uh, so yes, yesterday, yesterday for us, uh, a game starting at, a, at about 4pm and a game starting at about 7.30. Yep. Beautiful. Late viewing for the first innings for Aussies. Mm-hmm. Makes it hard, the you know, going into the into the late night, but uh, yep. especially you, you'll get to watch a lot of cricket in terms of um, at least first innings viewership. Yep, tend to agree. All right, that'll wrap us up for the cricket World Cup. We will keep an eye on uh, how this innings unfolds. Yep, some footy. <laughs> One of the greatest rugby league world. Uh, World Cups. <laughs> Got it on the mind. One Super Bowl. Of, Super Bowl's <laughs> One of the greatest rugby league uh, grand, grand finals uh, that I can remember. Uh, heartbreaking if you're a Broncos fan. Yep. Uh, elation for Panthers fans, obviously. And I think for everyone in the middle, uh, just just really good viewing. Yes. Um, eight, six at half time, mm-hmm. And then we saw the Ezra Mam hat trick and yep. how electric is he. Um, and then the... One of the most dominant performances, I think, from a single player yeah. in uh, in Nathan Cleary, who turns out he busted his MCL about mm. ten minutes into the game. Yep. Your, your thoughts on the game? 
Oh, I thought it was a great game of footy. Um, I think it was well refereed as well. Um, I, I felt a little bit annoyed throughout. I was like, oh, these things were getting calls during the season. Why are they not getting called now? And I was like, oh, well, I guess he's letting them play. And I, in the end, I think it ended up being a better contest because of it. Um, and maybe they should do that week in, week out in the NRL. But either way, I think it allowed it to flow, it allowed them more opportunities. Um, and I think it was a great game overall. Um, it was well poised, you know, Penrith really dominated the first half. Mm. It felt like Brisbane held on and then they got that late try to make it 8-6 leading in the half. Momentum. Yeah, which gave them the momentum and then they came out in the next 20 minutes. Um, they put on the uh, another 18 points, though, those three tries. Um, it looked like really good. Um, I think losing uh, Luai, they had to shuffle a bit in the Penrith and it took them a bit to kind of get set. Um, but then once they got the ball, they got one or two turnovers, got it back and then they... Um, you know, just gave them enough time. Brisbane, I think, had either taken the foot off the pedal or they'd, you know, blown their load already and by that 60 minute they were spent mm. um, and Nathan Cleary just needed to know what he needed to do and um, put him to the sword and ended up winning and scored the winning try himself um, uh, to, to win the game. It's uh, – I'm, I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to remember a better – GF performance. I've got to go back to being quite young. Joey Johns well, in, I, the, in the in the ninety seven and the O one grand final. I think a, and a perfect one was last time Brisbane was in the in the grand finals mm. and Jonathan Thurston because mm-hmm. um, uh, Brisbane were leading that game as well and then mm. JT brought it back, um, tied it up and then they they I think they won that game in overtime, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, after the golden point. Golden point. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. NFL season's coming. Yeah, in. yeah. Um, after the Ben Hunt drop, so that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know that's probably the most recent one for me because um, it's it hasn't been one way traffic, but most of the games have ended up having a um, you know the top team of the year takes over, whereas we got what we were hoping for the two best teams one all v2. season, all season, yep. really showed out. I think it was probably um, a great experience from the. Young Brisbane team, mm. and we'll pro- talk about both Brisbane teams for the same sort of reason. Young, um, getting a lot of final experience. Um, I think they only had Reynolds that had experience in that squad. In a, in, a, in a GF? In a GF. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right for, for their, their starters. Um, so, you know, that team's super young. If they can keep them together, they're going to be there next year. Uh, the biggest question mark is probably Reynolds. If they can find a halfback uh, in the next couple of years to replace him, yeah, they're going to be a good squad for you know the foreseeable future. Their window is officially open. Window's definitely open. Having said that, Flegler leaves next year. Farnworth yep, leaves is. next yep. year. Yep. Reynolds is going to be 35, Five. going on 36. Yep. Yeah, you, part of me feels like, yes, they're young and, and Carrigan and Walsh and Cobbo, yep. the yep. ma'am, you know, yep. that. They're, they're also they're, they're going to be Hass as well. As they're going to be stars for for years, years and years yeah. to come. But I I do feel like in, part of me thinks oh they had a really good opportunity yes. this year and it, it may and, I agree, I agree. and and how tight it always is and yep. given the fact that you know Penrith could win six <laughs> the, the way that they're going yeah yeah let's talk let's talk about Penrith, Penrith let's yep. talk about Cleary first um, Clive Elbert. Clive Churchill his second Churchill, yep. three premierships yep in a uh, row. Uh, three in a row, yep. Four grand finals, finals in a row. Three Origin Series wins. Um, 14 State of Origins. Five games for Australia. There there was a point a few years ago, you probably, maybe after that first GF win, um, you know, where people were like, oh, yeah, all right, he's done it once, but he doesn't show up for big games. Yep. Um, you know, a fair bit of 
a bit of hate and and possibly the the origin performances yeah. weighing in especially it. a recent memory so hurts a little bit so the fact but the bloke was didn't play origin this year and yeah. and and new south wales lose and look if he does play and he's fully healthy i've got a i've got a strong feeling they 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 get that done yeah, oh. may change the outcome so i i get but then also with um, Kitumi's winning comes hate too, you know. That, yeah, that, that exactly. Happens, well, that's so. right. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, everyone's sick of Penrith outside of outside of those. Well, out you, west. You, you've got to be a big name to have haters, don't yes, you? Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, but, but if you look at the numbers, like I, I think I saw uh, comparable games, like up to this point in their careers, um, a graphic that had Cameron Smith and JT, and I can't remember who the other one was, um, and. Everything's really comparable. Mm. Uh, probably the biggest difference is both of those guys had played more for Australia at that point. Yeah, uh, that's probably an issue. That you know, DCE is kind of in that squad most of the time at the mm. moment um, as the old veteran. Uh, but you know, the rest of it, the and also the COVID era in there. How, how many Australian yes. games were there as yeah, well? That too. Um, but you know, everything else around Origin games played, points scored, try scored. You know, Churchill medals, Daly M's, etc. Like that. It's all pretty comparable. So. You've got it there as future immortal. If you think of those two other blokes as you know being shoe ins mm. uh, for, for being immortals, he's definitely on that track to to, to be there. I, I don't um, think it's hyperbole at all. I, yeah. I I think Cleary provided you know he doesn't have some sort of catastrophic exactly. injury. Longevity, play as long as those blokes did. Play, yeah, he'll he'll, he'll and go starts down starts racking up a few you know green and gold games and a yep. few more Blues Origin wins. Yep. The, the way that this Penrith team's looking, uh, and, and let's talk about Penrith just, just briefly as a club. Yeah, because they're losing... So they lose Stephen Crichton, which is a big loss. They yep. lose Spencer Lenu. Yep. Uh, outside and, of... Um, we got a dog as well. Jamin <laughs> Salmon, <laughs> big loss. <laughs> yes, big, no, no offence to Jamin Salmon, but, uh, you know, it's obviously... Well, he's, he's been a solid in for them all yeah, years. He's, so. he's, he's, but it, it's not like they're losing, you know, any of their starting yeah. spine. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're still a little... Lua still... Um, Undecided, not undecided, but I don't think he's fish signed long term for them. At the he's moment. contracted next year, though. Yes, yeah. But outside of that, yeah, yeah. and whether sure. he start looking for money elsewhere, and but I feel like the last few preseasons, it's like, oh, you know, they, they lost Matt Burton, uh, yeah. you know, that they, they got to drop off. Oh, they yeah. lost Coruscant. They're going to have to drop off, like, yeah. and they just keep going, and they've obviously got. You know the biggest rugby league breeding ground in in Australia, and all these juniors and all these boys that have played together and and coming through through the ranks. Yeah. But but also spines really make teams. Edwards has been there for ages. Yeah. He's just he's got an Australia gig. Good on yeah, him. Very He'll, good. Very good. Well deserved. Yeah, and you know his issue has always been that everyone else. He he might be. We'll go back. To, we'll talk about consistency. He's super consistent at the, at mm. the position. Plays really well. Maybe just lacks a little bit of X factor that say a Walsh has. Sure, so yep. he doesn't get the headlines, but he's excellent. Yep. And then you got Cleary and um, uh, Luai always uh, playing there together. Like that, that team's always going to be good when you build around that. Yeah, that's right. So. You put a bunch of potatoes around around <laughs> that one six seven, and and that'd be good. And and shout well, to Mitch Kenny, like big big shoes to fill with Coruscant yeah. leaving and, uh, and 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 played an excellent season. Um, well, you think that's what the Storm did for a long time yeah. as well. Like they had Billy Cameron and Cooper. Like they, you put, yeah, you could just yeah. build around them. And, 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 and every year they'd have like some outcast from another team come across and then you go Make them so much better. better. Yeah. Like coaching definitely helps, but mm-hmm. then also having, you know, veterans with talent that have won things, know how to win, really, you know, 
lifts all boats, as they say, uh, and you know, really brings them up. So. And and does fucking uh, Ivan need to get a few props there as well? Yeah, like, true. You know, three, three in a row. There's not a, not many right? coaches that that win one, let alone three. three. And uh, and the world is the oyster for uh, the Penrith Panthers, Panthers and and Cleary uh, in general. If if this playing group, look, I'm not saying they're going to go win six in a row. Yeah, but. I feel like the the state of the club and the the fact that Cleary's twenty five and Edwards is twenty seven yep. goes somewhere around there too. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if these blokes retire with Cleary as an immortal and five or six rings. Yeah, and I, I, if we talk about um, uh, the Penrith dynasty coming up, mm. you know where do they rank as all time teams? Yeah, that's a, that's um, a good chat. because uh, I think the great comparisons probably Storm. Um, from when did they win their first one? 07 or 08? Through to... Oh, that era, because 99 they won, but then it was different. No, different, no, yeah. Uh, cattle, yeah. Yeah, well, essentially. So essentially, you know, when Bealey and Cameron started to when Cameron retired, mm. um, uh, which I think was 2018, mm. um, their period of dominance, the amount of grand finals they played in, um, you know, I think they played in 6-1-4. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two asterisks. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Throw that in there as well. That's kind of, uh, to me, in modern era NRL, that's the, the, the best team. But the asterisk is a big asterisk. Yes. Because as soon as you start to argue, oh, the Melbourne Storm, yeah. oh, there's salary cap sheets and two of them didn't count and all of that rhetoric comes into it. Yeah, but uh, if, if you could get away with having fake books here and giving the other <laughs> fake books here, I'm pretty sure a lot of the clubs probably were doing something similar for it was that fucking easy. Yeah. So, you know, they were the ones that got caught. Um they still turned up every week. They still won all those fucking games. Yeah, yes, they 100%. You know, had you know maybe they had more talent under the cap, but um, you know moving the Subarus around, etc. But it's, it's not to say that others aren't, weren't possibly doing it. You know that's um, conspiracy. But like I said, they still had to be healthy, still win all those fucking games, still play in all the finals, still win. You know, like and that they and both win games from behind, like really play hard like it still happened and they have been the bar yeah. the whole and essentially the like f- for us Matt, you know you got to go back a long long way to yeah. for, for us to try and remember say the broncos in the in the in the 90s but for, for us following footy yeah. through through our teens and 20s uh Mel- the melbourne storm under under belly ache and and with you know all those those future immortals yeah. uh they have been been the standard yeah and i, I think there's an argument now to say this penrith team is better that well, my point on that is this team lost to that Storm team in the once, grand final. Once, yeah. <laughs> and choked hard against them in the grand final. Mm. So, like, yes. When, when Nathan Cleary was fucking 21. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I said, that was probably, like, you know, Penrith windows opening and the Storm's windows closing. Close, that, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, the Storm are kind of in that phase of, like, they're still good, but they're kind of rebuilding around Munster and Hughes and their new talent mm. down there. So, um, I, I think, you know, that's kind of where they – want to get to I don't I don't think they're there yet but I think you know if they spend the next seven years dominating like um, the storm did over that decade what if they win next year what if they've got four in a row yeah, well, can, can you just say then yeah probably that's enough that's well that's five grand finals in a row and they won yep. four like you know that's already comparable and yeah they could probably I think it, I think it's past comparable I think that's I think do I one think more I think there's an argument now to say that, that Penrith is the best team yeah. of the modern era, yep. I think they win four in a row, yeah, and I think it's game over. Yeah, I, I can, I'm happy to agree on that point. Mm. It's in, I'm glad we talk about the Storm mm. as well and the modern era because yep. you've got everything else is essentially ancient history. Yes. We can talk to, you know, people. people. Football changed when, when, when the team... Sal- when salary the, cap. Yeah, and well, and 
you look at where sport is in general across the world. Mm. Uh, sport, um, um, it's not sports performance. You know, science. Sports science. You know, the growth of that since the, the turn of the millennium has really changed mm. um, what a modern-day athlete is. And, mm. like, it's so different. Um, it's not uh, a bunch of fucking brickies and plumbers yeah. that smoke yeah. darts at half <laughs> Exactly. And not the, and a big difference compared to, like, every other kind of league is there's a clear point where, the, the, you know, two separate leagues came back together and the modern era started. Yep. And you can, from there you can go... Well, this is modern NRL and these are the best teams that we've seen play. You have to ask probably blokes of our, of our dad's sort of era mm. about Parramatta in the 80s with, with, with Sterling and Kenny. And the, back and, the Dragons. <laughs> and the Dragons. And, and that's it's, – it's sort of – if you you want to go back to the Dragons and the 11 in a row, yeah. and, and this is pre-salary pre cap yep. obviously, but there's no there's no comparison. Yeah, like exactly. no, no, it's never going to happen again in probably any – Big big sport that we no, follow. No. Uh, Bayern Munich says hi, <laughs> <laughs> but but in terms of Aussie Aussie sports, it's yeah. it's never going to happen again. Yeah. And then you've really got to go back to you know kind of World War Two era. South did a couple three peats. Um, East did it did it a couple times. But uh, I kind of like looking at the history there too yep. to really emphasize how fucking special it is that this Panthers team yeah. has been able to do it. Yeah. In, well, in, the, in the modern era yeah, well, with the salary cap. Exactly. No one in the modern era has done that. So. And, and the rest of it. Yeah. So I've, like, like we said, I think we're very, they're very close to being, argu you know, not arguably, but definitely the, the best team um, in the modern era. Uh, if you want to finish on Cleary, mm. where do you think he's ranking among the halfbacks? Like ever? Yeah. If he's, if he's, Career was to finish tomorrow. Yeah, because I've seen chat like, yeah, if he fin if his career ended tomorrow, where would he be? And then he's the greatest of all time. And I'm like, oh, I don't think he's quite there yet. If if, if he, he follows his trajectory, like yeah. uh, again, it's probably going to be mate, definite. Mate, yeah. he, it's a fucking he walks it in if he yeah. if he follows on this trajectory. If his career finishes tomorrow, I think you have to argue that that Thurston and Johns and ma maybe Cooper Cronk are are, yeah, ahead, are ahead of him at the moment. Yeah, I. I I've, Feel really disappointed for Cooper Cronk. He's basically the Tom Brady of the NRL. Hmm. Like he played at one club, dominated, left, won two more fucking grand and finals. And, but everyone, when it comes to halfback debate, is always <laughs> Joey versus Thurston. Yeah, and those blokes won one grand final each. So, <laughs> having said that, we J talked. JT technically got two, but we, well, well, yeah, that's right. Uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, did he play much in that game? No, <laughs> but, but he did, that season. But no. he did win two. <laughs> But it is interesting that Kronk often is the, is the forgotten yeah, man well, in in that conversation. I suppose the 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 thing is, and it goes back to what we were talking about. Yeah. You've got Billy Ake, you've got yep. Smith, you've got Slater. Uh, yeah. But that's why my that's like the time Brady and Bilicek. That's what I'm saying. Mm. He still left, went to the Roosters, and won two grand finals yeah. in a row. Yeah. As a comparison that's to a, like good these, so, actually, yeah, he's. Like, I think he proved it. Um, Played a nine one six in a fifteen year career, like fuck me, incredible. <laughs> yeah, incredible numbers. All the he was the the halfback in the dominant area of um, state of origin. Yep. Played halfback yep. eight for, in a row for, for Australia. Like he did, the man did it all. Won two Dalliums as well, I believe. So Cooper Cronk wouldn't mind seeing him be a bit better in the commentary. He's yeah, still learning, much yeah, like us. Yes, yeah, get at us, Cooper. Yeah. Respond to our emails. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? Clearly, uh, I think I think if he retired tomorrow, I think you could say he's a top five halfback of all time. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, to be the best, though, I think, think he's well he, on the trajectory. He's well on the trajectory. If he can keep that that path going, like yeah, mate. If if, if he wins another two grand finals, 
yeah. and he's 25, that could be unders. Yep. That could be unders. And he finishes with, with five and, you know, hopefully a few more State of Origin series wins as, as, a, as a Blues fan. Not for me on the other table, but anyway. <laughs> Here, I'm saying, about, about me and, and supporting the Blues. Um, mate, the, the sky's the limit. It, it, we... we it, I, I think we really are watching something that, that yeah. as it unfolds, we, we will talk about it, you know, on the porch as grandparents one day and, and talking about how good Nathan Cleary well, was. using that Tom Brady comparison, like, does he spend, you know, do, is he, he, they do the career comparisons, like he's, um, a, when he started to 25, to then what he did from 25 through to, the, you know, the 30. Yeah, he could have three. He could have three uh, eras in his career, yeah. which are better than most which people's careers. Exactly. So, like, we could we could be witness to that. Uh, very hard to do playing playing uh, in the NRL for a very very Fucking long time. Such a hard hard game. But yeah, good luck to him. The other thing is, well, the bloke's played 160 first grade games yep. and he's 25. Yep. So we start, you know, you th- think about Cameron Smith and longevity, and yep. y- again, it's a it's a long way out. But uh, do we talk about trajectories? He's he's well on the way. Yeah. Unfortunately, Davey Warner's hit one straight down cool deep Yadav's throat. Mm-hmm. Two for 74, four and a half and over. Not the worst platform. So there we go. Lovell Skuckner comes to the crease. Uh, th- is that it for NRLs? That's pretty I much so. what I we wanted so. to cover. Uh, we do get a little bit more um, footy in terms of international footy upcoming. Yep. Fuck, it's a long year for these boys. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you know, all the pay dispute and... What's the tournament they're playing? It's, a it's it's kind of it's a bit fake. So there's two pools. Yeah, and what's it called though? Uh, Pacific something. I don't know. If, has it got a name? I thought it did. Let's have a look. It's some something nations maybe. NRL internationals tournament. Because uh, I think again they try Pacific championships. Beaches, yeah, there. Oh, I was half right. There you go. You were. You said Pacific. Yeah, because I I think they're trying with the, the growth say of um. Samoa Tonga, mm. and add Fiji in there, and then see what PNG could potentially do. Um, seeing who did the PNG? Did they play the Promises Eleven recently? A couple weeks ago, and like Saints. Saints, Fuck, there was some people there. They, they always love it. So again, pushing that idea of eighteenth team, yeah, PNG team. I it's I don't know because watching it as well, and uh, and talking to a few people, you know, involved in in the in the physio world and that. Police escorts, yeah. Air Force playing in, like you'd love the passion, you'd love to see it. Yeah. You know, the Kumuls, they they live and breathe rugby league footy. Uh, but in terms of viability for, for a legitimate NRL team, I'm, I'm not sold just yeah, yet. They're probably going to need first class facilities and everything kind of yeah, put in place to be it, able yeah. to, play to do safe, it. Player safety. Yeah, it will, that exactly. But, you know, for fan buy in, mm. there wouldn't be a better place. Oh, like. You get a you get a Cummins team in there. The population of Papa's seven million. You got seven million fans. Yeah, like that. Like that. Yeah. Like so. So it makes sense. Uh, and the NRL, I'm sure, would love to love to see it happen. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's a good little tournament. Uh, and like you say, for for these, you know, tier two nations to to show what they've got up against uh, up against the big boys. Yep. Uh, it kicks off uh, next weekend uh, with Australia taking on Samoa. And PG taking on the Cook Islands in uh, in the in the boys and uh, and that that game is in Port Moresby the the yeah. Papua game against the Cook Islands yeah that'll be huge. All right, let's uh, let's go south of the border. Talking 
Talk about the Pies beating the Brisbane Lions. Four points. Uh, not a good weekend for, for Brisbane okay. fans. Hey, good weekend for neutral you know, fans of sport. Two good competitive games. No Mate, I'm trying to think of the last time. Yeah. That in the same weekend, because that's – well, that's a caveat for one because yep. there's been a lot where the AFL's been the week before. before. Yep. In the space of, you know, 28 hours, you see two really highly competitive teams where both teams are in it throughout. I, I don't think I can think of a weekend. Well, I think the caveat there probably in both comps – Probably the top two teams. One versus two. Yeah, one versus two. Yep. Two best two teams all year. Made it to the final. No, no chokage. Um, and they played good competitive, you know, their brand of football um, in the grand final. And, you know, in Brisbane's case, went very close. You know, a few things here and there uh, in both games. And, you know, they, they come away winners. Yep. Um, uh, but in this case, uh, I guess, and again, both leagues, the number one team ended up coming away as the winner. And it's uh, it's nearly poetic this year, 2023. Like a, a team dominates yep. year, like throughout the year, a Brisbane team, yep. you know, on paper and through their performances, deserve it. Uh, but but the the team that knows how to win those big games and knows how to win those close games yep. gets the gets the bickies. Collingwood in the last two seasons, the amount of games where they've they've won by single digits, yeah. obscene. I've seen uh, ability to be able to finish in these in these close games, and you look at the names, and the Pies that have played in that 2018 Grand Final, a yep. lot of the same core. Yep, Pendlebury, Crisp, Maynard, Jeremy Howe, Jordan Dugowie, okay. Mason Cox was there, yep. Steel Sidebottom, so many of them there, and then with the influx of young talent with the you know the day <laughs> some nicely on talent, <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty handy, <laughs> pretty handy. Uh, possibly robbed of a of a Brownlow handy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I- incredible um, team on paper, and uh, and you got to talk about young Bobby Hill. I think yep. he was one hundred and one to one to win the Norm Smith. Uh, I think the bloke he, he suffered with testicular cancer. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you know come come through all of that, and uh, and was absolutely lethal and. Kicked big goals when it mattered, and uh, and won the Norm Smith Medal, and uh, and the Pies, uh, I think, go equal with uh, with the Bombers for most Most. premierships. Yeah, and um, you know there wasn't uh, well as a comparison, uh, the Lions had really no one with uh, grand final experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, From what we can see, it looks like zero. I think zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was Zorko's two fiftieth. So he, of course, been around the club for a very long time. It was mm. you know Lockenheels first, and he'd been in. Um, I think he's in ninth season. So you know, mm. been a, been around the AFL for a very long time. Did win the Brownlow um, uh, during the week. So dubious circumstances. Again, again yes. Gonna, <laughs> um, I think we've got to talk about it. Well, both of them, like uh, some of the counts, the counting and who does what and. Uh, ask some questions. Um, when I say both of them, talk about the Dally M as well mm. with Ponga um, charging home late to win it over uh, Sean Johnson, who was probably the clear favourite. Um, and then say Nick um, uh, Dacos, who led and was so far out in front. And then, yeah, a few extra votes in games that you think Lockie maybe shouldn't have got votes. That Giants uh, game's a farce. Uh, yeah. Like, like uh, I love Lockie Neal. I don't want to take away from Lockie Neal, the, yeah. the football. I was at that game and, yeah, I, I can't remember a single thing he did. He so. touched the ball 20 <laughs> times when his teammate Charlie Cameron kicked, kicked seven, seven goals. <laughs> yeah. And two Giants players had 38 plus. Yeah. One in the 40s. Yeah, and he got the three points. He got three. Yeah. Like, it's like, Arpies. They, you know, they have their eyes painted on. <laughs> And 
And the, the, it starts a discussion around should umpires that are in the head of the moment and can't be checking stats and, yeah. you know, it's – I feel like the umpires are like, well, who didn't blow up most about the free kicks? Like, I, I, honestly, I do think that plays yeah. into it. And, and maybe also they, uh, you know, they get the – they see firsthand the big moments. Yeah. And that heavily influenced. Maybe Nocky Neal had a big moment where he set up one of Charlie Cameron's goals and they're like, wow, that was awesome. But you know that you know bias there. I think I think there's something wrong with but the, there's something wrong with also the also Dalian two independent judges mm -hmm. that judged it separately. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they are former players or not, but I believe they were. Mm. That did the voting system, and they still had their own dubious issues with it as well. Mm -hmm. So and you know and hey, you need to throw out the voting system, start again. So um, I don't know. It's do you need someone who it's it's their role? It's not their role to officiate. It's not their role to commentate. It's not their role to do anything outside of watch the game and give give votes. Well, that's what the Daily M was, and it still had you know a lot of questions asked about. You really should have Pong have won that. Mm. Should he have got the, enough votes in that? And is there games that missed for Sean Johnson that he should have got votes in? So. I think yeah, the I think the league is like from what I could see and the way that Ponga finishes season. I think it's less egregious that that Ponga comes home. Sean Johnson did it for the whole year. Yeah. Yes. And again, if you you want to talk about taking a player out of of their system, the the Warriors aren't the Warriors without Sean Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. You could argue the same for the Knights, but I just think it's a little bit more pronounced with uh, yeah. with the Warriors. Um, I think in in both codes, there's there's some some issues around, oh, around uh, you know, yeah. but I, handi handing out I think the, my point the is crown. there may be no perfect system. Probably not. Yeah. And there's always going to be conjecture, and that's maybe why it makes talking about sport, yeah. you know, as nuffies that we're never really that good at yeah. any sport Cause, to, cause, to, to, to talk about it on the internet. Yeah, true. True. But then, you know, if, um, thinking of what do the American sports do, like for the MVPs, MVP. it's the, the old head journos that all vote on it. And I feel like there's a lot less uproar. Like I yeah. can't imagine. But I, there's also a lot of them that vote on it. There's that's a lot right. Of, so yeah, often 50 people. 50 people, yeah. But, you know, I think there's still a lot of bias in that. Um, and, uh, you know, heavy, of course, heavy bias to the position and uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, that's, that's um, a big problem with American sports as too, is the, is the position. What do you think, though, as a comparison about um, I'm going to use the NFL's top 100 voted mm. on by the players? Is a player vote the way to go? Yeah. It would never happen here, I don't think. But they are, I guess that's just best player. That's not best player of that game, which makes it all gets a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's very hard for players to do in the game. game yeah. I think I love the NFL top 100, yeah. and I don't think there's any better accolade than yeah. being recognised by your peers because especially in a contact sport yeah. you know when, when people are speaking highly of you in a, in a team contact sport they would take with, with a grain of salt what the media have to say of course of course and they would take even less notice to to pe people on the internet you know yeah. having their conjecture when when they're the blokes that they play against and are the elite of the elite in a yeah. tough physical sport want to want to say yeah, you, I think you're the best running back in the NFL. Or, or I think he's the best player in the NFL. He's the best defensive player yeah. in the NFL. That would that probably means more to them than than anything that that yeah, that could be handed out by, by the media or, or referees. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I think well, we've just gone in through. the game. You can't do it. Yeah, you yeah. can't. There's no way. Like, and how are you meant to be impartial? To yeah, like, if you ask the captains to do it, they just go pick their you know their. Yeah, cool I, I, I don't think there's any right or wrong. 
Yeah, we've I, gone through four or five systems, so it's like none of them are perfect. So for for me, the for me the least perfect I think is the umpires. I I, I just don't know how you're meant to officiate and have all the um, you know the backlash when yeah. you get things wrong and the scrutiny when you get things wrong. Uh, to then think three, two, one. Who do I think was the best yeah. guys out there, or is do I just say El Neil because he's always good, good. and gets yes. a lot of ball yes. and he's a nice bloke? Yeah, yeah. I tend to agree. And has a nice looking wife, but by all accounts, <laughs> according to <laughs> said umpire. Yeah, yeah. According to uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if there is a. Right answer. You think you've got the right answer? Please leave it in the comments. Uh, we would love to hear about it. Uh, there is another talking point I think that comes from this game uh, with yep. with uh, Scott Pendlebury yep. uh, becoming a second time Premiership, Premiership player, player. Uh, barring injury next year. Plays four hundred. Four hundred. He's in the three eighties at the moment. Is that the first to play four hundred? Third, I think. Third. So Brent Harvey, Dustin Fletcher. This will be an easy Google. Maybe no, maybe fourth. May 4th, there's a few uh, players to have played. Uh, this is where we miss Monkey. <laughs> players, most AFL games. Um, the, the question I wanted to pose to you yep. is, uh, is he the best magpie of all time? Well, he's been their captain for... Um, 11 years, I think he, he captained. I, d- I think I did you know, right. You've got a, that's eight. Eight, nine inclusive. 14 nine. to 22. Nine yeah, seasons. If he, if he goes around next year as he's planned to, then. Nine seasons of, ten. of captaincy. Um, he, he wasn't captain this year, by the way. Oh, that's right. He gave it up. Yeah. Darcy Moore. Yes, Darcy took it over. But still, nine years as captain. captain. That's that's yep. that's pretty incredible in yep. itself. Two premierships now. Yep. He's got that in the 2010 against St Kilda. Uh, in that in that uh, rematch, he he won the Norm Smith, yep. six time All Australian, three time Anzac medals, yep. most games for Collingwood, most disposals, most tackles for Collingwood ever. Yep, the biggest club in the AFL. It's a pretty handy resume. Oh, definitely, definitely. And your stats there: he's currently sixth with five in the four hundreds. So you're missing Michael Tuck and Karu out of your list of three. Uh, yeah, so I missed Tuck and, and Burgoyne and Butlett. It was pretty incredible, actually. Kevin Butlett, uh, 65 to 83. When you look at the, everyone, essentially, outside of him is, is modern. And speaking of, again, you know, we're talking before about how hard it, it is, to, you know, in these in these old games, these old Australian games that we have to compare eras. Yeah. Gordon Coventry, quick 1,200-odd games, played at... Kick twelve hundred odd goals, odd goals yeah. three hundred odd games. Um, you know, for Pendlebury to usurp him as the greatest pie ever, this, this just recency bias. That's that's all that is. Nathan Buckley got to see the back end of his career as a youngster. Yep, uh, very 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 good. Tony Shaw, you could probably throw in in for argument's sake, but um, look, I I wouldn't look at you sideways if you no. said Scott Pendlebury's the greatest magpie of all time. Yeah, and I think you get. Going back to our previous conversation, definitely make a good argument for it. Uh, he might be not as definitive as you'd like. He's just he's so consistent. I think that that's probably the thing. He's consistent. Uh, he hasn't got say as many accolades or gets the the headlines as, as some of his younger talent in well, that it, squad. His, his top isn't like Dusty at his yes, at his top at his peak. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you think right now, 
I would rather Pendlebury in my team than Dustin, Dustin. Martin in 2023. Yep. And to think that he was doing that in fucking 08, 09. Yep. The, the longevity to play in the midfield and to have, have 15, 16 stellar years under your belt. Um, I think there is the a, re- there's a real yeah. argument to say that Scott Pendlebury is, is the greatest uh, magpie of all time. Brisbane Lions, your Brisbane Lions. Yes. They're in that premiership window. I think the good thing is they're still very young. Yeah, and I think they're lucky they've got some young talent coming through as well. Um, to, Imagine Will, Will Ashcroft was there Ashcroft this year. Ashcroft was the big Doesn't one. So his knee. He's yeah. only going to be better next year. Yep. Um, I think I've been saying it all year, and I've been saying it for the years. I feel like they just lack something. Uh, that, the axe factor, maybe it's closing now. You know, it's being able to close at least close games. Again... They didn't win a single game in the MCG this year. Um, so uh, the grand finals are always going to be played there. So mm-hmm. you need to learn how to win at the G. Um, I like some of their covers. You know, it's just an, just another stadium. But also their record there is not great. No, it's not just another stadium. With yeah. it. And it's going to be the knock on them, isn't it? Yep. This incredible team that's made preliminary finals and now went within a base dick of winning a grand final. Yeah. But they, they, they just don't have that flag yet. Yeah, so you know, I think it's coming. I do think it's coming. Yeah, they're very close. Like their window has been open for a while, and you know they got to capitalize on it soon with this talent before they start getting poached and the young fellows start going elsewhere, or you know, getting towards past their primes, etc. And yeah, like you know, Lockie Neal's not getting any younger. He's thirty, going on thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, know, you got to need to capitalize now while he's winning Brownlows and not when he's at the back end of his career. And you become a victim of your own success. Yes. We, we talk about Penrith and, and how it's amazing that they've just kept this this dynasty going when they lose Matt Burton and when they lose Appy Coruscant yep. because all that success breeds interest from other clubs Definitely. and obviously a lot of these guys uh, are going to get, you know, big big numbers thrown thrown at them and, and, you know, with the AFL trying to keep North Melbourne alive yep. and, and, you know, a lot of money... Uh, and a lot of draw as well to go play for for one of the the big four, say say Melbourne yep. clubs. Uh, player retention is going to be interesting yeah. uh, moving forward yeah. for the Lions. Crazy kind of little trade window that we're in for the AFL yep. with lots of big names saying, "Hey, I'd like to go here. I'd like to go there," um, and see if they pull it off. Um, I think Oliver was the biggest one, um, saying he was on the, I guess on the blocker. They. He sat there for about a week and then they come out, I think, yesterday and said, no, he's going to stay put for the Ds for next season. But, you know, as, a, as an example, like, mm. he, he, there's one of the best players in the comp uh, uh, that was potentially available for a, for a week. So, yeah. Draft upcoming. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. I think that's probably the thing that the AFL has going for it over the NRL uh, at the moment is, uh, is you know, the, the probably the off-season intrigue. Obviously, don't have the international so, the one issue I'm just double checking that the Lions potentially have maybe Fagan's age. Because I thought. No, 62 is not too bad. I was going to say, it's a coach. Fuck. How yeah. old Wayne Bennett? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, he, he'll be coaching in a wheelchair for sure when he, mm. in his 90s. So. The way he's going. And yeah. probably win a comp. <laughs> yeah, but yes. Um, and have no comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Um, I think Fag's been there six years now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've only improved essentially since he's been there. Um, and, you know, hopefully he'll hang around at least for another couple of years until, I guess, his mission, his job's done of winning a grand final for Brisbane. You, you fucking, you just feel for him, I, I must say. I think, 
I probably speak for a lot of Australians uh, when I say that I was going for Brisbane in that. I think if you weren't, if you didn't bleed black and white, uh, you were probably going for Brisbane. Uh, amazing season, didn't lose at the Gabba um, and rocked up on grand final day and gave the fans um, the best grand final hands down in in, in many years um, and just, just weren't quite good enough. Yeah, uh, it comes down to a kick. It's a, it's a cruel game, really. Yeah, let's let COVID come back so they can play a grand final at the Gabba. Yeah, <laughs> well, and again, maybe they missed they, they missed, missed their there. chance. They maybe missed something there. Yeah. <sighs> Is Rugby World Cup on at the moment? Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, man, if you're an Australian fan, you probably don't want to be tuning into it at the moment because they've been struggling. Well, they're gone. Yeah. We we're praying for Georgia to Georgia. Beat Fiji. <laughs> yeah, highly unlikely, but you yeah, know, yeah, strange but things have happened. Uh, on the outer. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. So uh, I would have loved to have paid a bit more attention to this, but it's mm-hmm. only on Stan Sport outside of the Australian yeah. games, which have been pretty lacklustre. I hope Channel 9 has the quarterfinals. Um, I don't know. I uh, asked a few of the rugby boys in my group chat, uh, and much like the Australian uh, carrier pigeon, I uh, didn't get a response uh, f- from them. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. The rugby... We talk about it a lot in this on this podcast. Obviously, preface it: we we yeah. are more rugby league um, focus. We you know we follow rugby league teams, but it's it's becoming increasingly hard to to try and follow this this game that that we were once world champions. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think I don't think we'll get to say that again. The the way that it's looking. No, no, and uh, I think we're gonna. Maybe do a bit of a deep dive into that at some point. Maybe uh, next week we may, yeah, might talk a little bit more in a fortnight's time. But yeah. it's been hard to follow. I remember the the first game uh, was was France and and uh, New Zealand, yep. and it was uh, Friday night, so early yep. Saturday morning. I was up at the pub, uh, nothing else on. I thought oh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yes, opening game of the of yep. the World Cup. Flicked on Frito Air. Nothing. Nothing. I don't have Stan Sport. Yep. Probably not going to buy a subscription to watch. France and New Zealand play at six AM on a on a Saturday morning. There's some serious problems with with rugby in this country. Yeah, and you know there's some chat about putting uh, the World Cup on um, like the whole entirety of the tournament on pay TV as well. Um, it didn't work for Super Rugby. <laughs> yeah, like, you need to have you need to have some access. You need for, eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, bad. It's but, bad. But I guess you know the the issue for us being Australians is probably. Uh, the Australian team and uh, their recent history being not great, um, that you know they're not getting um, uh, say as many eyeballs or the buy-in as they were. So you know that's why they've got the Stan Sports deal as it is. Uh, you know my rugby friends, you know they follow the Wallabies, and as soon as they you know basically out, um, you know flick Stan Sports off and you know, I'll go back to my KO subscription. Uh, my one friend that did that is a Bears fan, Chicago Bears. I was like, you probably don't want your KO subscription mm. <laughs> at the moment. Um, though they did win. We'll get, we'll get to some NFL later. Uh, but, yeah, it's th- just a hard sport to follow. And, you know, from what I can Wh- see... Which is, it's a shame because this World Cup for the neutral viewer, it's intriguing. Yeah, it looks... Ireland looks, could win it. England uh, could win yeah, it. France South, could South win Africa it. South Africa looks really good. South Africa could, could win it. Yeah. yeah you know, New Zealand looked beatable, so... Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So... In that, in that respect, uh, I think it's semi-interesting. Oh, I agree, 100%. I just don't know how you can have, um, you know, a, a pinnacle competition and have so little aspect 
uh, so 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 little uh, access to it, yeah. and so little media intrigue. You know, the, there's a snippet here, there's a snippet there. It's you wouldn't really know it's uh, on. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they know how to. Well, for Australians, I don't think they know how to sell it to Australians. Mm. I think if you probably looked into the numbers, the, you know, since the last time we won the World Cup, you know, their viewership and viewership's numbers are probably the exact same they were then. Yeah, it's the same old heads that have been following the game it's for pretty lower. Yeah, from. A, uh, you know, there is a death rate, but the same old heads following the sport for 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 that time. I'm just not sure how they're getting, you know, uh, the young market. How they're yeah. getting fans into this sport? Like it seems very difficult in you know, specifically in this country. Go Georgia! Yes, ah, shout out to Fiji. Yeah, okay. Should we talk um, about some NFL? Yeah, we might as well. Yeah, okay. Got to get the button right here. Yep. Oh, he broke his ankles. First big month. First month is over. Uh, one of our favourite sports. Got the the gridiron here. The gridiron is actually what they play on, but yes. we'll get the ball. Uh, Super Bowl faves. Can't go past. Can't go past the Chiefs. They're always good. Yeah. They're short. They th- they have lost. They have lost. Detroit yep. beat them on opening night. Yep. Um, healthy Mahomes. Mahomes been lackluster. Not lackluster. He just he hasn't looked like the best. Person that played football ever yeah. in the first four games. Yeah, I think I think they just haven't settled in their wide receiver group yet. They play seven or eight wide receivers every game. Like, um, yeah, oh, that Rashid Rice looks pretty good, I reckon. Yeah, but then they, you know, they have Sky Moore and Tony and MVS and yep. you know all playing ahead of him. Then Justin Watson gets thrown in there. Justin Ross gets some snaps as well. Like, I just I wonder if they're just trying to find the right chemistry yep. for Mahomes at the moment. They haven't settled on their say, top four guys that they should be playing on. And there's certainly no no clear X, Y, Z. Yeah, there's no Tyreek, essentially, is what we're getting at. That's right. And, you know, or X, Y, Z's, Kels, yes, and yeah. then there's the rest. Exactly. Like, you know Kels is there. He's going to get get his. But um, I think they're just throwing lots of darts to try and find someone that they can pin their hopes on um, as a like a Tyreek uh, replacement. And they've got a lot of really good, talented dudes that I think have that, that kind of capability to – to be really good in that in that um, receiver room, it's just um, I think they need to settle on them mm. um, to you know because uh, I don't think they keep doing what they're doing now. Come playoff time, like I think they have to have a you know, more solid chemistry and a solid game plan going forward. But I think they're good. I think the the bill like we're talking AFC. Yeah. I think the Bills have really taken a, a step this year. Uh, I think they just seem locked in. James Cook running game is what they really lacked. Mm-hmm. They now have that, um, and uh, their defense is playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Von Miller's back this week, though. I think they lost White um, quarterback um, to Tra- Davis White for the season. I think he did his uh, ACL. No. Um, That's a big loss. So that is a big loss for them. Uh, but you know, you saw what they did against the Dolphins mm. last week, and the Dolphins were you know. The, Everyone thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl after putting 70 on Denver. Smack, uh, like, like easy, took yeah, care of business. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, the Bills came out and smacked them. So, you know, there is kind of levels to this. But then on the flip side, you've got um, the two under-defeated teams in the NFC, um, that being the 49ers and the Eagles. And for mine, possibly looking stronger. Yeah. Like, I, I think um, the difference is AFC probably stronger offenses. Yeah. 
better defenses in the NFC. Like the San, San Fran and Eagles defense, you'd take over Bills and the Chiefs defense. They're both nasty. So hands down, they've been um, unreal. Like I think the Eagles offensively really haven't hit their stride yet. They've kind of uh, needed to work through their just done enough. Yeah, because they lost both the offensive quarter and defensive coordinator last year after mm-hmm. the last coaching round. So. I think they're learning on the offense and, uh, you know, the new system, whatever, put in place. You know, A.J. Brown had a quiet start of the season, came on in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're only starting to hit their straps. 49ers, on the other hand, I think. They look like world beaters. Yeah, Brock Purdy has only lost one game, and that was the one he <laughs> blew his elbow out. So Mr. Relevant, hey? Um, what's, what's your thoughts there around uh, from a uh, front office perspective? We've seen... Keep throwing those darts until you hit one. <laughs> but what about all these teams that, that pay, you know, you, you want to pay Patrick Mahomes, you want to pay... Um, like Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow has been underwhelming, but you, you want to pay these guys. But their approach has been, let's pay our offensive line, let's pay our defense, and we'll go with a fucking rookie and now a sophomore, if, if I sophomore told you, quarterback. If I told you the 49ers are $40 million under the cap, and they're going to roll that over to next season... <laughs> Would you be shocked with the team they've got at the moment? It's incredible. Yeah, it's because they're, they're paying the quarterback under a million dollars this season. You're saving getting, $49 million right there. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's getting yeah, – I think he's on 875 k for this season. Bro, I saw – Plus a some me- incentives. So. I saw a meme about Brock Purdy's bedroom in San Francisco <laughs> with r- ridiculous red. He's in Harry Potter's room. He yeah. lives under the fucking yeah. stairs. Yeah. That's where Brock Purdy lives. I don't think that's – He's rooming with one of his teammates to keep – you know, the, the rent down, so... He sleeps in Trent Williams' yeah. sock. Yeah. That's where he sleeps at night. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure uh, he gets his dinners and stuff taken care of for him from his offensive line. Like, those boys will be making do, see some cash. But, uh, you, well, that's the system we've got. You know, you, you try to get young quarterbacks in it's smart. through the draft. I, I think it's smart. Yeah. You know, you, if you get them on that four-year deal, if you get them in the first round, it's, it's a five-year deal. And, uh, of course, you pay them a little bit extra, but you're still well under market rate for a quarterback getting rookie. And, you know, credit the 49ers to keep throwing the dart, getting a dude, um, being happy to move on from Jimmy G and Trey Lance and mm-hmm. be like, yep, we'll take the vet and Sam Donald and that'll do us. Yep. Um, save money and um, move it elsewhere. So, yeah, credit to them. They can reinvest that in the offensive line, the the, the talent in the, on the offense, and then in big in the defense. Like, yeah. They're going to have to pay Bolser at some point. Well, they did. He's the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, I think, now. Um, but they could because they had that, all that money. So. And you look at that defense as well. Like, like obviously, Bosa is a generational talent. Fred Warner is a, a top three yeah. inside linebacker. We saw how much Halfunga came on Yossi, last year. Yeah. Um, I know they're not the favourites. They're not number one, yeah. according to our bookies. Yeah. But for mine, I think they're the team to beat. Yeah. And I, I think... For them, it's probably largely health. CMC sales healthy. How uh, good's he been, man? He's been so good. Yeah. Should we talk about him now? Let's talk about him. Yeah, now. go for it. So consensus number one, uh, running back in in fantasy drafts yep. and, and whatnot, and a r- notoriously risky position over the last yep. few years. The number one running back. Yep. He's been so elite. He's on track to score thirty touchdowns this year yes. if he if he keeps up the way that he's been going. Had forty five odd points in fantasy football last last week, and he plays behind that offensive line. So like he's going to get plenty of opportunities. They're going to put seen some of the holes he's been running through. Yeah, yeah. you fucking drive a bus my, through there. My grandma could run through them. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a big hole. She'd be dead for twenty years. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible the the work that his O line is doing, but just the talent that yeah. that bloke which has. which I think just makes 
again, back to Purdy, his job easier. Yeah. Like, yep. he, you know, he just needs to hand it off to CMC, draw that defense end, and then just make correct raids on open dudes. And, you know, Debo Samuel and uh, Brendan Ayak will get uh, get open for you. Ayuka's he's taken a step in the last year as well. Yeah. Like, I think Debo's probably plateaued a little bit, but well, now... As a true receiver, I think... Uh, I think it's the better receiver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Debo is just so deadly and do other things. He's so for strong. Him. Yeah, he's you know put him in space and he's he's a problem. So. See a couple of weeks ago, the when the first contact he made about nine yards, yeah. and then he carried four dudes and he dead set made eleven yards yeah. after contact yeah. with just just leg drive. Uh, elite talent. So you know, uh, those four four teams we mentioned there, the heavy favorites at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you've got a bunch of. Players from those teams on your fantasy teams because um, that's the you know the premier kind of offenses at the moment uh, for guys scoring lots of points. So yeah, I think they they're gonna be uh, looking good going forward. We'll go to the other end of the spectrum. We probably won't spend as much time on this, but uh, Caleb Williams looks like a, a real talent. Yeah, scored four touchdowns yesterday. Um, uh, on track to get a, the Heisman Trophy. So uh, yeah, it's, he said. I think he's listed four clubs that he'd go to. Otherwise, he'd go back to USC. Um, and uh, so, <coughs> so, so he may not declare. He may not declare unless he gets one. Because I think the chat's been if the Bears get it, he's like, I'm not going. Oh, I don't want to go to Chicago. <laughs> Probably couldn't argue it at, at yeah. this stage. Yeah. So I'd go, I like, I'll go back to play another year of college football. Which where, is interesting. Did he say where he would go? Or he's just said that? Yes. So I only remember the Raiders were on the list because I was like, why the fuck would you go to the Raiders? Um, Six stadium. They got a sphere and shit now. Maybe, maybe it's Vegas. Vegas is the reason. Mm. Um, I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head. Uh, none of them with uh, none of them of those. Well, those four there listed. I've none got, of them. I've got Panthers, list. Cards, Bears, Giants listed as the you know worst teams at the moment. Panthers are the only one without a win. Um, Cards one and three. Bears one and four. And Giants one and three. Um, yeah, and it, w- it wasn't any of those. Um, so you know, which doesn't bode well for his chances. Cards might not want him. Josh Dobbs has been him. Yeah. Outside of winning games. That that Giants game they choke yeah. big time. Uh but they actually have I I think they're one and three because a lot of people are saying this is going to be the worst team in football. Uh they've been better than that. They they, they were they're a bee stick away from being two and two. I don't think they've yeah. been that bad. Yeah, and Kyle is going to come back and then show what he can do and then you know they'll see where they have that conversation. Panthers, like they've got Rush Young and they'll probably stick with him for a year or so. They really like him. They're in the hunt for a number one wide receiver at the moment, so um, to to you know give him because um, they feel a bit light on with the talent they've got. Um, Bears, if they get one, it sounds like they will take a quarterback and move Fields. Mm. Uh, there's already been chat um, like now that they should move Fields and put him in um, Atlanta because Atlanta's kind of like in the quarterback market at the moment. They sounds like they want to give up on Ritter. Um, and Fields fits really well for what they want to do mm. over there. Um, and it has a bit of a history um, of being a bit of – I don't think he's a Falcons fan, but – He's from Georgia. He's from Georgia, so yeah. he's in, in the area. So, you know, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, but, you know, Bears are probably only do that if they know – if they're in full tank season, which they thought they'd – if they'd – what was the game they won that they thought they'd lose? Uh, they beat their commanders? Yeah, they beat their commanders in that game. If they'd no, they were in four. Uh, I guess they were in the sub chat. Like, you know, if they kept that track trajectory, the you know, fields was gone. Like, he's going, they're going to move. 
But uh, I th- think the win, you know, they'll start thinking about it. And we'll see if we go. Do you think all this knock on Justin Fields is uh, warranted? Oh, he just needs to play Denver and it fixes you because he, he went still out lost, and threw, still lost. He th- Yeah, but he threw four touchdowns. It's was like, it's yeah. not, it wasn't his fault. No. Uh, they lost that game. So, um, uh, again, you know, it's early in the season. They're starting to get into their rhythm. Maybe he's improved. Like, he played an excellent back end of last year. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's where they want to get him to and hopefully he can pick up the pace here. So, um Giants, you know, they just paid Daniel Jones fuckloads of money, so I don't think it's likely they'll move him. Mm. Um, yeah. What about the surprising team? So we, we spoke about Bryce Young and, yep. and the Panthers being 0-4. How about CJ Stroud and the Texans? Desmond Tutu? Looking good. I, Stroud might be the, the was, best quarterback out of the draft. Yeah, and I think it was – who's their tight end? Uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, but he's Dalton cool. Schultz. No, it wasn't Dalton. It was the other one. Um, who was there last year? Uh, the backup. Doesn't matter. His quote, though, was winning that game last year was the best thing that ever happened to us. Because, mm. you know, that meant, you know, that move, that, that fuck you from Lovey Smith to get him out of the first draft pick. So mm. they missed out on Bryce Young. Mm. Uh, ends up, they get CD Shroud and uh, might end up being, um, you know, the, the, the best thing that happened for him. Mm. Uh, he looked like a prototypical quarterback there. One of the most pass happy offenses mm. in football at the moment. And, you know, their offensive line, I think, is missing four of their five starters. Which is incredible. Which is incredible. Their defense is only just, you know, starting to come on. They did get... Oh, fuck me. Defensive players. Is it Matthews? No. Who was the guy they drafted right after CJ Stroud? They traded back up for. Willie Anderson. There you go. Yep, yep. Um, you know, he's coming on. Like, their defense is starting to, to come on. Like, um, they're not going to trouble anyone this year. They're not playing playoffs, I don't think, this year. No. Um, but... In that division... Yeah, well, they might win that. Div- yeah, true. They may win that division. Um, There's no good, really good football teams in that division. I, I agree, agree. Um, but I think they're maybe on the cusp. That's mm. how I feel. Like they're just about to start something. They're finally, you know, paying off in some of their drafts. I really like what they've been doing through their drafts. They're starting to pay off. Um, their window could start to creep, crack open. What about the Bucks? Three and one. A lot of Baker hate at the start of the year. Yeah, it's just proved to be good. Mm. I think it helps when you have a elite wide receiver talent. Um, Mike Evans is still pretty good. Yeah, Chris Godwin, like mm-hmm. you know, he's 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 got some guys he can throw to, um, and the defense is still largely there from their Super Bowl year. Mm. Like they can still play good defense. So um, I think they've uh, uh, again. I'm not sure if they can keep that run going all the way through into playoffs. Again, it's, like, early, it's, but early, it's early, early, but. Yeah. But from what we're seeing, like Baker's making good decisions. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, and, so and much like the Texans in the AFC South, you have to think of the <laughs> NFC South. It's not it's not stacked right. anymore. No. Like the Saints have been a little bit underwhelming. The yep. Panthers haven't won a game. Yeah. You know, Atlanta's probably played a little bit overs, but you, you can't see any I, of those teams being powerhouses. Yeah, I think Saints are probably their only competition at the moment in that mm. di- that mm-hmm. division. Um, and that kind of depends on how Derek Carr's going and his his health. He's looked pretty good. The Saints have looked good with yeah. with Carr playing, yep. but um, he's been a bit banged up um, of late. What about players? We we spoke at length about you Sam. Di- You're dis- your disappointing teams. Oh, sorry, uh, disappointing. You got to talk about the Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Um, yes, Joe Burr's been hurt. Well, what and, it, did, and he's played like it too. Yeah, did Chase have one cat or two catches last week? Like, yeah, not many. Not many, and he. He, after the game, it was basically just like I'm all you know. I'm always open. Just throw me the ball. Mm. 
<coughs> Burrow is not playing to his full potential, oh. and you can tell that that calf is is bugging yeah, him. And yeah, he definitely restrained it um, from from what I understand. So, uh, you know, and that's going to limit you in your base and your your velocity. So, it doesn't help to Higgins. Broke a rib, and uh, I is think he's going to play through it, but he might miss he? some time. Yeah, like, it's be hard. I, I thought he's maybe missing one game at least. He, yeah, um, and uh, and you know we're talking about the South divisions being being easy. That uh, AFC North is hard. hard. Like, like the Steelers, yeah, it's all Steelers and Ravens Steelers are always is good. Ravens have been the good. Browns haven't been been but, bad by uh, by. Like it's that's a hard division. Um, yeah, that's always like like a close, gritty, hard fought out division. Mm-hmm. So you know you have to be playing the same sort of football, football to win it. Um, I think they made, they lost. Well, they didn't lose. They sacked him essentially. Uh, I think Collins was their left tackle, wasn't he? Oh, Lael. Yeah, and they sacked him at the start of the year. Uh, mm. So I wonder if they're struggling a little bit on the offensive line as well. And that's been their problem for years. Yeah, their defense is you know doesn't really have any big name value to it. Uh, it's been solid, but. Yeah, that team's built around Burrow slinging that rock uh, around and, you know, he just hasn't been able to do it. So, yeah, they've been disappointing. The Minnesota Vikings, they're one and three. It's They've been close in some of those games. And, and last year when they won the eight in a row, they, they were close. close that, just they, were, winning, yeah. they were just winning and now they've just been just, just losing. Uh, I, I think there's still a good chance that they, they – well, both of these teams, I, I, I wouldn't rule yeah. out – uh, playing playoff football, uh, yeah, just a bit, a bit of momentum, and then uh, but just a bit just disappointing from where we suspected. Uh, you see, Cousins' numbers through the first month of football, pretty close to MVP like yeah. numbers. They they're just not getting the wins. Uh, yeah. And and Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson have have eaten. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think their big problem was you know they couldn't play defense last year. And defense yeah. stinks, and I think moving Dalvin, I don't think Madison is the same running no, back. No. As as Davin Cook, so so uh, did they? So they got Cam Akers, yep, um, which is again very interesting. Kyron yeah. Williams rapid ascension uh, yeah. up the Rams yeah. depth chart because they're, they're an interesting team at the moment, um, mainly for Kirk Cousins. Because if they lose a couple more games, um, you know, there's talk about moving him. Mm. Um, the Jets. So he's in the last year of his contract, isn't he? Yes, exactly, exactly. And you know, do they? Um, they got a young head coach. Does mm-hmm. they do they try? It's like, hey, we're yeah, say say we're one and five, mm. um, and probably round their bye weekend, like on the bike weekend. And the jet, and the Jets are going to pay overs. Or yeah, the Jets need a quarterback. They're like, hey, we want to fucking win this year. We've built to win this mm. year. Um, we just need a quarterback, and you know, ours blew his Achilles and Zach Wilson. Though did our gun Patrick Mahomes last week it hasn't been it hasn't, hasn't been, been great. Hasn't been great oh, no. So, um, you know, whether Kirk Cousins could 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 ignite them a little bit, you know, that's been the talk. Um, do they do they hit the restart button if they get to that point? And mm. yeah, they could very well be if they're in the hunt um, for that first overall pick. Any other players that come to mind? Um, uh, Devon uh, A. Chan, I think. When it yeah, well, I was going to say d- Dolphins. Like, oh, just any, any. The, yeah, the offense. Most, the most Dolphins. has been unreal. Yeah. Waddle's been hurt uh, when he's been playing. When he's playing, um, I'm sure, like viable, like. Fantasy wide receiver one, they they've been unreal. Um, who else has been good from a from players' perspective? Well, uh, go back to to the Rams, um, mm, Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams, and then Puka Nakua. Yes, um, you know they've come uh, can't come out of nowhere. I guess you know with a ha- healthy um, Stafford, 
they're th- slinging the rock around. Like mm. they, they're getting a lot more opportunities. The, they're um, probably close to being in that surprising chat yes. from teams before. Yeah, considering they won the Super Bowl, what, two years ago? Yeah, and then <laughs> looking on the like, – at that in the preseason, looking at them just going – they stink. Yeah, uh, they've they've been reasonably uh, but, reasonably good. But also, they don't play a single starter in the preseason. That's McVay's mm. thing. So they, mm. you know, they're very hard to get a gauge on because they don't play a single starter. Mm. Uh, but you know, they've still Aaron Donald's still there. He's still fucking good. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think they've been pretty good. I th- what I want to talk about was probably the Shanahan coaching tree. So I'm talking mm-hmm. about Mike Shanahan because mm-hmm. uh, you take I think it's Kyle. Um, Sean McVay, uh, McDaniel's, and fuck, 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 fuck. Matt Lafleur. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're the, they're like the four head coaches from his um, his tree, and like they're the, the kind of offenses that are really kind of hot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers probably want to want to kick it again a little bit in that conversation. Uh, but I think there's a joke going around that they all four of them got together and then had to pick which one had to. Um, you know, had to pick an uh, offensive position out of a hat that they couldn't use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was McVay was running back. Um, Shanahan was quarterback. Daniels was tight end. So what does that leave? LaFleur. Wide oh, receiver. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, the, they're the talent they can't really use and they mm-hmm. have to build around everything else. Mm. Yeah, largely it kind of follows the script yeah, a little bit. So it does sound like it's a, it's 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 an interesting caveat, but uh, you know, to digress from the, the conversation, I think those teams they young head coaches, you see it, you know, a lot of the young young head coaches, the young offensive head coaches, have a lot of the really good fantasy guys running around at the moment. Yep. Bring on uh month two. We're only a few hours actually from kickoff. There's another uh Game in England, uh, uh, Bills and Jags, Jags going at it. Should be Jags play really well in England for whatever the home reason. away from home. It's yeah. probably because they play their fuckload. Oh, yeah, they do. And like the Bills, it'll probably be their first game. I'm assuming in England. Um, you think the Bills would get the job done? You'd think, but I, I think um, uh, what I'm hoping actually the Jags beat Buffalo last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they match up well against them. Um, for whatever reason, uh, whether Josh Allen's just afraid of his shadow and Josh Allen. Um, oh, that was that game last year, yeah, wasn't it? Josh, yeah, exactly. Josh Allen sucked the fuck out of Josh Allen. Allen. Yes. So that's what reminds me of it. Um, I'm, uh, for me, I'm hoping it turns into a bit of a um, shootout, mm. slingy match over there in England, which would be excellent. Wrap us up for NFL? Yep. Let's hit Final it. Round. Easy job, man. Easy, Easy job. Mark's going to be out of a job. Let's uh, let's look back at UFC 293. At least your, your fingers aren't dainty and the button went off. You actually hit it whereas he touches it and it doesn't work. Yeah. Probably break that's it. it. That's it. You have two tips. <laughs> uh, UFC. UFC. So the last 293. Time, 293. I think the last time we'd podcasted, O'Malley had one, had he? Correct. Yes. So now, we've got, now we've got two Sean's. We've got two Sean's. Yes. So two months ago, there wasn't a Sean that was a champion, and now there's two, two. Sean's. Two, yeah. When's, when's third one here? Yeah, <laughs> the champion of fucking dribbling. Um, Sean Strickland, he was the la- the longest odds to win super a, underdog to win a middleweight title ever, and one of the longest odds. 
ever, one of the biggest dogs to win uh, a UFC main event. Pretty incredible. Piece him up, like, throughout. Yeah. I've throughout the fight. Yeah, I think some of Sean Strickler's comments post-fight, like, um, things like, uh, I didn't think he was going to be that bad, um, stuff like that. I think but maybe... I like, uh, not in a disrespectful way, though, I don't think either. Yeah, I think it undersold his game plan, which was... Um, you know, he had an excellent defensive game plan. Um, his shoulder roll really worked really well to defend it. But I think the main thing was pressure and forcing Israel to go backwards. Yep. Um, which... Izzy was running the whole fight. Yeah, which I think he really struggled. He couldn't set his jab up, um, which then he couldn't lead any of, like, his big kicks, you know, high kicks, anything off it. So I think he just really struggled for openings. And, you know, he had five rounds with Sean in front of him and um, couldn't really work out a way in... Uh, and Sean did an excellent job defending anything that he did throw. He was definitely well coached. I've seen some of the video of, you know, breaking down the leg kicks and, and you know, checking inside, outside, um, stepping back for different, you know, for the, the various low kicks and well, essentially allowing Israel to get absolutely nothing off. Mm. Just shows, you know, they put a mammoth effort into the video work, the study. They knew Israel inside and out and they had a great game plan for him, which, you know, is probably why Israel looks so bad. Is because they just nullified everything he could do, and Israel was kind of lost. Bro, he didn't have he didn't have a scratch on it. Yeah. Like he he walked out of that yep. uh, unanimous decision for a reason. Uh, did you think Israel didn't? Yes, as smudge just plays all around one. Do you think uh, is he? Aussie need to get going here. We do. We need to we need to push the tempo. Wow, is Israel? Do you think he could have prepared more? Do you think he didn't respect how good Sean Strickland was going to be? How maybe, powerful a striker he was going to be? Maybe all solid maybes. Like it, this fight was meant to be um, not faff duplicity. So, mm. uh, and you know the turnaround for duplicity wasn't going to make it. So that's why they didn't happen. Sean, I guess Sammy was a late replacement. There's more than enough time for both of them to have a solid camp for this leading into it, but. Yeah, I, d- I don't know whether um, – I can't say Israel didn't expect Sean to be this forward and this forward pressure because that is Sean Strickland's game. He does that in every fight. Mm. It's the reason Pereira knocked him out essentially because he was coming forward and wanted to have a kickboxing fight with him. And Pereira was like, fine, have a, have a left hook, see how you deal with that. And that's all she wrote. So – Sean was pro- really didn't do anything out of the ordinary. I think he just did everything he his he was capable of doing to its best extent on that day. And Israel really had no answers, and no. I don't think he had any any other tools or anything he no, could no. could could have thrown in there. Because um, uh, uh, let's say let's use John Jones's example. If that was the case, Jonathan would probably would have switched to his wrestling and gone, hey, let's try, let's, yeah. let's try something else. Try, try to have an answer. Like, yeah, whereas you know, Israel really is not known for that. Um, Sean was probably the better wrestler of the two if you want to want to flip that coin. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was you – know, he was stuck in what he was doing, very hard to fight going backwards, and they really had nothing um, they could do with it. So, um, yeah, I think it was just a masterclass of coaching and um, – Delivering on a game plan from Sean Strickland to uh, get past Israel. Do they have to run it back? Is it, it's it's uh, the most obvious yeah. choice. Yeah, but I hate it. Why? For for the middleweight division at the moment, because Duplessis is so good. And well, look about Israel's happening. Israel, he um, he's got the belt back. Then he loses to Pereira. 
gets knocked the fuck out. They give him the immediate rematch. Um, generally, you get knocked the fuck out. You don't get a get a rematch like that. Mm. Um, but they're like, hey, you know, the storyline is awesome. So let's do that against Pereira. He does get the win. Cool. Then he fights from Strickland, loses. Like he, his last three is two losses technically. Like I think he's kind of at the point where doesn't need an immediate rematch and should probably go away have one or two other fun fights. Mm. Let's have let's have a bit of a change up at the top of the middleweight division. Changing of the guard? Yeah. Maybe not change guard because, like, I think he'll come back. But I think he just needs needs something to uh, change up uh, at the top does of the he Does he not deserve it? He well, might. I think he got his instant rematch. Like, I think he deserves his instant rematch against Pereira. And so he's, I think he's already used it. Yeah, he's, he's handed that card in. Like, he's get out of get out get jail, jail free card. Like, I don't think he... Can't give him another one straight away after the fact that, again, he was handedly beaten. Like, I think Israel needs to go away, fight someone else. Yeah, maybe have a, a number one contender fight against Duplessis. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's where it goes. Um, and winner and win against Strickland. And, that, well, that and, and Strickland maybe get someone else in the meantime. I, 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 I feel like the. But then who, who, like, that's Mr. Irrelevant. What happens if, if, if they beat Strickland? That happens. That happens in the UFC. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but then you know, if Israel wins his fight, then he can come back, fight for the belt, maybe get his belt back. Strickland might win again. Like I, I kind of feel like this is. Do you remember Bisman um, beat Rockhold? Like had no yeah. chance. Yep. Yeah, long, like, yeah, it, long time ago. Kind of feels like that, and the Bisman then went off and had a bunch of fun fights. Um, didn't fight anyone in the middleweight division and then retired. Um, you know, maybe that's kind of where I think Sean should go. Have some fun fights. Israel needs to go away. Sort some things out. The division needs to sort itself out a little bit and then have a true challenger. That's what I feel. I'll respectfully disagree. <laughs> I think I think run it back is is uh, the most obvious choice. We'll see. We'll, we'll probably find out in he's, the, in he, the coming well, month. He's one of their major stars, so I guess there is a reason why they'd um, want to run it back for him very, very quickly. But I, I, if you said it, if you asked me if he deserved it, I don't think he deserves it. Interesting. I think they'll probably do it because it some money. Name value. Exactly. Uh, Bam Bam, uh, he's on a three-loss slide after that incredible run, uh, which included knocking out Derek Lewis. Yeah, he's done it before. But he, yeah. he, has, he has been on a slide before. It is the heavyweight division, though. Like, uh, that's th- right. That's what it is. Like. And Falkoff looked very, very good. Yes. Ezekiel Choke. Don't fully understand what that is. Uh, definitely not a jiu-jitsu yeah. uh, aficionado. I the one that is off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know. They, uh, it's only a couple of times it's been done in the UFC. Yeah. Falkoff looks like a, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's legit. I'm not, I think they might have booked him against Tom Aspen. Oh, uh, yeah, possibly. Because, uh, you. Uh, uh, you know... The top of the division. Well, both both up and coming. Well, not even up and coming. Like, yeah. uh, next in lines, if you exactly. will. Yep. Uh, I know they're forty. They're four already. Falkov and Aspinall. So that's why I think there's talk about them running it back. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, can't say it. Might, it might just be rumors. Because at the top of that division is kind of blocked at the moment. With Jones is going to take on um, Stepe. So. Um, that's that's where uh, they're they're talking at the moment. July twenty two, two thousand twenty three. That's in retrospect. So yeah, that, I, that happens. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that I don't. Think there's anything announced for those two. Yeah. What's that? That was recent. 
has name to. So he's named guys that he wants to fight. Yeah, so maybe that's where. Uh, an article here uh, which says Aspinall uh, has named two guys that he wants to fight. Gainal, Gainal, um, Sergey. Yeah, so. Again, but you know he's kind of top of the division at the moment. So if maybe yeah, if, yeah if they're coming in for loss, he might get get out of those. Anyway, but for Tua, you know, uh, for Ty, sorry, Tui Vasa, Shui Vasa, yeah, needs the needs to go again, go away, work on his game, uh, and I think he, you know, he did that after the losing to to Santos in mm. Adelaide. Uh, we were there. No, I was there. Uh, went away, um, had a couple of losses uh, following that, retooled his game and then had a, went on a run. So, you know, that's just what he needs to do. 100%. That's he's still young as well. He's, yeah. th- he's 30. Yeah. No yeah. reason why the Shui Vasa can't, can't make it. Steve is going to fight John Jones at 41. So, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> All right. Should we look forward to 294? Well, did you want to talk about Israel's legacy? Yeah, let's. I think as, as a middleweight champion at this point. Well, straight up, is he the best middleweight of all time? Uh, I think Anderson Silva's still the best. Is there an argument for Israel <laughs> Adesanya to be the greatest middleweight of all time? Probably yes, um, but I just I think for a dominant champ, you have middleweight. It was still Anderson Silva was just was more dominant and for longer. Yep. That's the way I feel of it. Um, you know, his back end of his career wasn't great. Uh, but Israel, uh, I just don't think he's kind of got to those those levels yet. And a quick Google search uh, will mostly uh, echo what you're saying there, is that that Spider Silver is the greatest middleweight of all time. That longevity, the title defences, it all, it all plays into it. Um, but nearly every article that's coming up here is, is suggesting Anderson Silva. Yeah, uh, I still feel like it's... Which is crazy to think before this fight... And again, recency bias must play into it. But uh, if you told me that you thought Izzy was the greatest middleweight of all time, I definitely wouldn't argue the the fact. It's uh, it's interesting. You go out and get get done by a six to one, seven to one underdog, yeah. and and people start thinking very quickly about legacies. Yes, yes. It's a good discussion to have. Oh, it, it is. So, uh, what yeah. what if Israel goes away? Works his craft, has a couple of fights, and regains the belt. Is that in itself enough? Just, just it's once. It's, well, he's already well. Yeah. He's regained the belt where once, so he's technically a two-time middleweight so champion. If, so I'm Maybe saying, saying he goes away, you know, yeah. has a few wins, and then comes back and gets it a third uh, time. I still feel like Anderson Silva was a more dominant champion. It's a huge name in MMA, Anderson yeah. Silva. It's pretty yeah. hard to argue against Anderson Silva. Yeah, he's in your top five probably of all time. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, you'll see fighters. So, you know, across the divisions, like pound for pound, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it'd be very hard to unseat him. So both of us are going definite no for Israel right now. I will say if, he, if he's got that belt around him again – Ever, I, I think there's, I, th- I think I'll go with Izzy. Yeah, if but he, for, for now, I'm saying no. Yeah. I'd probably go on a run as well, like you know, beat Strickland, beat Duplessis, beat a whole bunch of other blokes. Mm. So yeah, yeah. But for now, it's Spider Silver. Yep. You'll see two nine four. It's only a couple of weeks away. Yep. 
Uh, we we probably won't pod until then. We're sort of at a intermittent. Oh, is that guy? Oh, shit. Just watching a bit of the cricket. Um, Markachev Oliveira for Huge. the lightweight uh, championship. What's our thoughts here? Um, Oliveira probably had his worst fight of his entire career against uh, Islam last time. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that doesn't happen again. Um, Did yeah. Markachev just seem so much bigger than him? Like, it's not really, but I, uh, I don't know. I think um, Oliveira got uh, like hit early. And then really didn't get anything off, and you know it was taken down. The fight was over really, very, very, very quickly. So mm. you didn't really get to see. I think from memory, I think that's how it went. <laughs> They're nearly yeah. identical in the in the yeah. way that they line up. I yeah. don't know. For me, like like Markachev just looks, and maybe it's all the grappling and and yeah, maybe he just got a bit more size across. I don't know across the, shoulder, across like the shoulders build, and the chest. Yeah. He just looks fucking big. Yeah, um, but yeah, when was that? That was. A s- the last time they fought uh, was Round about two. this time Round last two. year. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's about a full twelve months. Yeah. So, yeah, I wish I had scored. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just because uh, re- again, reasons of bias. I still still think Volk won that fight. So maybe I'm more in favour. I just want to say, yeah, if, a see his, small, his if, it's, if a bloke smaller than him can piece him up, there's yeah. no reason why a bloke the same size can't. Yeah, or well maybe I want him to lose and um, you know Oliveira to come back. Um, yeah, it's been a bit pretty rough for uh, Brazilian champions lately. Yeah, they've um, lost a lot. They've lost a lot. Mm. So you no, know, it'd be good to if he can get one back. Um, uh, so I'm probably biased in the Oliveira camp again. I'm just hoping for a, a bar-dumb fight, like an, another great fight. Does the fact that it's in the Emirates, does that help Islam at all? Do you think that, that it's in the like a time zone that he's used to? I guess it's to, technically a, a shorter trip for him. Travel. Yeah. yeah, potentially. I suppose once you're on this stage, you know, you're a professional, that, that yeah, shouldn't play happen. into things too much. Yeah. And it's not like it's too bad far, you know, it's not a... Massively above sea level kind of thing. Oh no, it is sea level. Yeah, it's like you know. Yes, it's probably going to be a bit warm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, outside of that, like it's just another stadium. Really. Yep. it's just another rating for these guys. So, yeah, I don't think it'd be uh, too much, too difficult. In uh, in middleweight, Paulo Costa uh, comes back after. Oh, That's a decent break for him. I yeah, believe. it's uh, the Rockhold fight was yeah, so it's over a year for him. Yeah. Over a year for for I think actually Paulo Costa. longer for Hamzat though. Yeah, I would have thought similar. Uh, Comes up, yeah, yeah almost, a, exactly a, a, almost exactly the yeah. same. So about about twelve months for both of them. Uh, Hamzat, you know, <laughs> looked like uh, pretty much un- unstoppable, uh, but yeah. you know, uh, oh, before his hiatus, was it welterweight coming up to middleweight for yep, this? Which changes first things. Middleweight, um, you know, Costa looks huge. Always uh, looks huge. Um, uh, on that, uh, what's he call it? Um, this spicy wine, essentially, but uh, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, that's that's the joke, essentially. But yeah. when he's boozing before a fight, yes, yes. Uh, but I think I think it's gonna be an interesting fight because Costa's a huge dude for that division. Hams, that's just gonna want to run through him and wrestle the crap out of him. Um, you know, get a win here, and then hey, maybe Hams actual Strickland's more of a fun fight. Like that's that's. Yeah. I think Hams that kills him. Yeah, uh, that's that's my personal opinion from from what I've seen. I've I've seen Costa look very ordinary. Where I have struggled to find uh, weaknesses in Hamzat's yeah. game in the in the fights that I've seen. Yeah, I think the only one was against um, 
uh, his win. It was technically a win for him against Gilbert Burns. Mm. Uh, but Burns... Uh, well, it went, it went the distance and everyone was like, oh, holy fuck. Because Hamza was finishing people in the first round, flat stick, and, and yeah. people expected the same but, result for, against Burns. Yeah, but I think the, the big thing for Burns was he landed a lot. He smoked... Yeah, yeah, yeah like, so, like he pieced him up, fight of the night. Uh, and that. Yeah. So, I, 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 yeah, if, if Costa can... Um, Costa can, can stay off his back, essentially. Uh, turn this more into an upright fight. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because dude's big, he hits hard. Like, uh, there's, there's definitely ways for him to win a fight against Hamza. For sure. My money, I'm going Hamza. Interesting, this card is largely, I believe... Pakistani, uh, yeah. uh, Middle Eastern yeah. sort, of, sort of fellas. Yes, uh, versus Brazilians. Uh, yeah, 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 Johnny Walker. <laughs> Well, we just talked about Costa and Oliveira, so yeah, it's it's almost a heavily uh, Brazilian versus was it Middle East? The top East three, the top three uh, are all are all Brazilians versus uh, Dagestanis. It's interesting. Is Ham- no Hamzat is Chechen. Hey, I'm saying Eastern European. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just clarifying what I've yeah. said. He's not Dagestani. Yeah, yeah, big region. <laughs> Draw a big fucking circle around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fun card two weeks away. We'll see yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Indisability of effort. It's, it's a, well, I was just going to say, it is a massive card. There is a lot of other great fights on that card um, going forward as well. This will be a brief one, I guess. Yeah, just a quick note on the F1. Bastion Fettel. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to... There is a race tonight, of course. Um, they're in Qatar. Um, and uh, I mentioned already what happened in the sprint race from last night. Um, I think Oscar is starting sixth. He's got both Mercedes, Ferrari and Lando, and of course the Red Bulls in front of him. Um, but I, I guess the big one was from the sprint race with Perez crashing out. Um, made official that Max Verstappen, oh shit, Max Verstappen is uh, a third time world t- champion um, in F1. Uh, he joins a, a small list of four others. Um, Chewy, Lewis, etc. Um, on that list, so he's as a young driver, youngish driver, um, he has a lot of uh, time in front of him, and yeah, to he's Red Bull have been giving him a rocket ship, and he will. Um, so the, the list of three um, is an interesting one there. Three in a row. Uh, we'll have we'll having won three world champions. You know, Vettel, Bradman, Stewart, La, Nicky Lada, and Senna. Um, and then Nelson, how do you say his last name? Piquet. Piquet, which is his, technically his father-in-law. Um, ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not married yet, but he's dating. Um, Future father-in-law. Yes, yeah. They've been, he's been dating his uh, daughter for a very long time and um, potential, you know, they, that's, um, yeah, maybe they'll get married at some point. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he joins a great list there. And, of course, um, on top of that list, um, I think it was, was it Alan Prost and... Yeah, Hamilton, Fango, and Schumacher. So, you know, he's on the way up. Like, three in a row for him. Um, Red Bull keep giving him a rocket ship. Um, who knows what the, what the future holds. Uh, he will have Perez next year. Maybe Ricardo will drive next to him. Like, he doesn't really have too much challenge within the team. So, he needs Mercedes or Ferrari to, you know, really step up their game to challenge him. Um, to push forward. Might be a bit of a stretch, but uh, we're talking about Nathan Cleary before and being young and, yep. you know, the, the, the world being their oyster. Uh, 
highly unlikely that Verstappen finishes his career with three drivers' championships uh, in much the same vein as as Cleary finishing yeah. with with three premierships. Well, just look at Lewis. If he goes on a run like Lewis did, and mm. run, wins it six and times in a row, like yeah, he's going to be up there. Um, there's nothing to say that they can't be dominant again. Um, <coughs> nothing to say that they Red Bull can't continue their dominance. Mm. Uh, but I, th- you know, I think next year and 2025 um, is. Great chances for them. 2026 is when they're kind of all the regulations will change. It's the big shift in F1 um, uh, when potential new teams will be joining. Like mm, mm. that might be the time. So, yeah, if they can capitalise on the next two years, yeah, they could have five uh, by that point. Anything else to talk about from a motorsports perspective? Uh, that's, that's basically it at this stage. We just chucked a little bit of EPL, maybe some NBA in this section. Not too much to talk about. The EPL's nearly two months in. Um, Ange Postacoglu, mm-hmm. top of the table, the Spurs. Spurs. Yep. Cool. Uh, I think every Aussie, unless you're a Spurs fan already, uh, probably second team this yep. year will yep. be will be Tottenham. Uh, got away with one last night, uh, but it's good to see Big Ange in there. Winning. Uh, I think it's actually Spurs' best start to a season in about 40-odd years, which is pretty incredible considering how good they've been in recent memory and the fact that they don't have Harry Kane this season uh, is is massive. That's crazy to think. They lose Harry. (laughs) You move Harry Kane on. And, yeah, yeah, possibly get better. Maybe been a bit lucky. Is 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 maybe caveat. is maybe the caveat that maybe the asterisks yeah. won at Luton uh, long, long uh, overnight long a season. man down. Um, they they do feel like they're one injury away from yeah. uh, perhaps sliding down a little bit. But yeah. uh, uh, a very uh, good start from Ange Postecoglou and Tottenham. Um, a lot of talk like around United and struggling Stinkies. and but they've they've been like that I guess. I suppose years, for a really, few years, but yeah. playing Champions League, like I think last year was an improvement from where they've been. Yeah, but not, they haven't been competing for you know the championship essentially, winning the 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 EPL. So. This this year seems like a step backwards yeah, so so yes, far. Yes. Onana does not look like David De Gea yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I want him to be a good player, but just a few brain snaps uh, has literally. L- l- contribute to a few goals, not just from his keeping errors, but yeah. from sort of brain farts in, in terms of, you know, passing the ball straight to the strike. <laughs> uh, he's only young. Hope, hopefully he, he can turn it around. A lot of pressure. Uh, he's United's first black keeper as well, mm-hmm. first African uh, keeper. So, um, you know, I don't know if, if a bit of the, the, the race sort of thing plays in into his mindset at least. Uh, and Hopefully also, not for him, but uh, you know what their crowds are like over there. Indeed, so. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure race has been mentioned. We'll put it. We'll put it that way. Um, but also shoes to fill. Yep. To hire, you know, yeah. uh, was the the keeper for a decade. Yep. He goes. They're big shoes to fill. So uh, I hope for United's sake and for Anana's sake that that he can get things together. But uh, they've looked very ordinary. They they were really a Scott. McTominay special away from losing to Brentford at home last night. Yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, it's looked pretty dire. Chelsea, much in the same vein, have been really ordinary. Good win overnight. A lot of goals. Raheem Sterling looked pretty good. Uh, but uh, a very, very lacklustre start to the year for both United and Chelsea. 
Uh, Tottenham under Big Ange looking pretty good. And much like India in this World Cup, I think it's uh, Man City's to lose again. Yeah, I was going to ask where City and all this. <laughs> pretty lost last we- uh, like a, a loss last week helped helps the league, helps the neutral viewer for sure. Yep. Uh, but I think on paper, even with the De Bruyne injury, uh, I think it's theirs to lose. Lose again, yep. NBA, we're only a few weeks off. We might actually preview the NBA season in our next ep. Yep. yep. Uh, outside of Jimmy Butler and his emo hair, yeah, yeah. not too much to talk about. FIBA World Cup, Germany champions. Um, yep. Definitely didn't didn't expect that uh, at the start of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Schroeder and the Wagner boys doing uh, doing a bit for Germany. Um, very disappointing. Competition from the Burmers. It's a few weeks ago now. Yeah, well, I think the US team is probably the main one, and you know all the all the chat since then is about basically all their big superstars wanting to play in the Olympics. So like LeBron's put his hand up um, since he's done that. A whole bunch of them are like, yeah, I'll play them. Uh, I think the interesting one was Abid said he'd play for for the US instead of Cameroon. Yeah, so so lived I think his first fifteen for fourteen odd years in Cameroon, and then. He's lived in the United States just as long as he's, as he's lived in Cameroon. His English probably <laughs> isn't the best English, yeah. uh, but but he's he's selected uh, the US and, and probably been a bit of a a, a sore spot yep. spot for the US recently is is having the big center that can yep. go up against these these world class yep. big men from the European teams. Uh, so so having him beat at the twenty four Olympics definitely will help that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've just been seeing the Avengers meme with, um, uh, you know, LeBron yeah, getting all the troops together, KD, Curry, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. They're all going to join up and, then, you know, m- maybe we'll get another dream team. Like, we can Space only, Jam 3. Yeah, we can only hope for, for the Olympics, which would be which would be crazy. That last Space Jam's not, not, it's not very good. Not as fun. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a long way behind, yeah. I would have yeah. thought. Uh, but... Yeah, only a couple of weeks away. Uh, NBA, it's it, it feels like a bit of a, a long off season. It's it's really only about three and a bit months, but uh, I suppose we yeah. Well, they did media day already, and you know they have got all the guys back in the country. Mm. It's essentially two and a half months because yep. um, the Joker, yeah, you know, asking um, Jokic uh, essentially having to come back to work, having to leave um, um, Serbia. He's He's basically like, looking after his racehorse. Exactly. Right he's there. just like, I don't... He looks like he'd do the show up to work on Monday and he's like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about the best basketball player probably of that, <laughs> this generation at the moment. That's uh, so funny. That is very, that is very Joker, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we won the... You know, I'm an NBA champion. Yeah, right? yeah. Who cares? Uh, so only a few weeks away there, which is fun. Yeah. Thank you to anyone that's listened. Any, any final points? How dick to the Australians getting? been bad um need, need maxi and green to just stay out there i suppose for 10 overs uh to have any chance look but we're looking at under 250 i think oh i think they really need probably be happy with 250 the way that we're yeah. going uh we hopefully well these two hopefully they can uh cam green of course getting a hundred in he, um in he's India. done it before he's played so. he's coming off an elite ipl but uh look i think we said at the top of the show this is india's Tournament to lose. Uh, they are looking very, very good in uh, in their yeah. first thirty odd and, overs. And it's been Dadu again. Yeah, he he he's our he dad. Kills us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dad, is that you? Yeah, yeah. Ravi yeah. Jadeja. Yeah, uh, two fifty would be elite. Uh, uh, the way it's looking, maybe maybe two twenty. Yep. 
Uh, India going to be very hard to beat. Oh, yes, yes. All right, thank you to those that have listened. Uh, we should be back in two weeks' time. I'm at a Bucks party going to the Everest next week. Uh, Monks may or may not be back. We are in his house right now, uh, but he's doing the new dad stuff, just trying to work out how to uh, look after a, a young life. Uh, you're a couple of years ahead of me. I've been trying to do it the last sort of 15 months. It's hard work. It's hard work. All right, thank you to those that have tuned in. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Catch you then. Bye.